Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Movie Man. Then, very chaotic opening, just in the middle of y'all's conversations. Yeah. Oh, do we never start this the show with like random conversations? Like, you no, but normally I let into? I let do, the do we con- not do that? Is not <laughs> that not like our, our thing? On this normally show? I let the conversation go for a bit, right. and then I jump in. Uh-huh. But now I'm jumping in in the middle of the conversation. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Yeah, switching it up a bit. You know, I, I realized to, 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 Toby has already shown me something that I was going to gently ask her to delete in the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, twinning, there, twinning. There's something that I realized, Bam, that has kind of dropped off from my intro. I used to say, "Welcome back to the show, Movie Man." Yeah, we move on from such petty things. No, no. I, I, I said I used <laughs> to say um, the show with the man them that love to talk talk about the movies. Right. I haven't said that in weeks. No. <laughs> yeah. But this is the show with the man that like talk about the movies. Yeah, when it's just me and you, I think we're, we're gonna pad it out with our little you know, <laughs> intros, random intros. Pad it out with that extra have two seconds. Perhaps I don't know, four, five, six people in the room. We have we <laughs> have we need to do five people in the room, including us. Uh, I am one a of your hosts. Full house today. Damien, with me as always, my co-host. It's me, Bam. Bam, back again with your Christopher Nolan shirt. That's right. That's right. Today we're discussing this gentleman right here. Talking about Mister mm-hmm. uh, uh, Cooper. Oh, he's Co- wearing Cooper a blue himself. shirt yes, in the form of Abbey Road. Yes. But there's an astronaut on it. Okay, right. could, could you re- could look at the characters from left to right and figure figure out who they are? No, because so the character on the left. The silhouettes Kimmy. are mysterious. Kimmy. It's also oh 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 Memento. Uh-huh. Yeah, there you First go. First person is Memento. Yes. Second person is Prestige. Yes. Third is Interstellar. Yes. Fourth is Tenet. Yes, the protagonists wow. themselves. I, I love how you just said the first is Memento, like that's John Memento. That's John Memento, <laughs> our good friend John Memento. Yeah, and then <laughs> Mr. Prestige. Cool. Okay. <laughs> what did you wear that for the other time? Because uh, you brought. I don't, I don't know. I don't think we've done another Christopher Nolan. Yeah. It's funny because like yeah, when I, I do visual content, but I think I'll take it. When I first yeah. saw the silhouettes, I was like, "There's no way I'm gonna understand what's going on here." And then <laughs> it, I just, I just gave my my brain a minute good to boot up. Well, you've heard some voices here already. I'll just introduce them or let them introduce themselves. <laughs> to my right, snacking on some pistachios. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. That's Toby. Yeah, our, our um, unrecognized third co-host, as I like to call her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, expert. Mm-hmm. Expert It's an honor just to be nominated. Mm-hmm. And then uh, sharing a mic to our left, we have... Returning on the mic. Returning for the fourth time? Third, third time? Third time. Third, third Back in another tiara. Yeah, it's Lauren. Say hi, grab the mic. Hi, Ed. I hate you. Why? I cool. D- I didn't do anything. <laughs> I was just trying hey, to be kind you. You just hate Damon personally. I'm still cool, no, right? No, no, Bam fed him the information so he wouldn't have to take the brunt of my disappointment. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> and then also... Cool, some good background, some good background um, secrets for everybody. First time this year. Last time was on the Avatar wow, episode. Yes. Oh, my gosh. We went to brunch. We did it. Oh, no, no. I've, I've seen her. I'm talking on the on, on mic. Okay. Yeah. okay. This okay. is a whole different reality right sorry. here. I'm so sorry yes. for the extended absence. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hello, Kim. Yeah. Welcome back. Thank Not you, since you. Pandora, Kimmy. Not since Pandora. Yeah. Well, we went to that Pandora last time, but now we're just going out into outer space. Yeah, just general space. Um, and we you, get, you got a little clue there from Bamshire, but we are talking about Interstellar mm-hmm. in preparation for Christopher Nolan's latest Oppenheimer. That's right. We're talking about one of his... Uh, one his, of magnum his, opus. his magnum opus nine Hot years ago his magnum opus 2014 it was a banger year for yeah. movies we had uh what, what came out in 2014 um i don't know but a marvel show but well, <laughs> we had the guardians <laughs> we're talking about the marvel guardians, shit. they were there sure. 
True. Uh, 2014, 2014. We also had the second How to Train Your Dragon. So That's true. <laughs> all That's those true. great things happened. All, all, all the classics. All the classics. Oh, hmm. um, Wolf of Wall Street? Wolf of Wall Street was 2013. Um, we had mm-hmm. The Fault in Our Stars. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, you're going to name all the space related things? We, <laughs> we got Guardians. <laughs> we got Interstellar. We got Fault in Our Stars. We had. Uh, we got an IMAX space documentary, probably. <laughs> <laughs> we had Godzilla, who is not from space, That's true. but he he has fought things from space That's before. True. So uh-huh. yeah, uh-huh. there's that. Keep this bit going, Damon. Let's go. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, tw- I'm sure there's other space uh-huh. movies uh-huh. in 2014. Uh-huh. Let me just Google. <laughs> 2014 <laughs> movies, real quick. Uh, Transformers: Age of Extinction. From space. From space. Uh-huh. Edge of Tomorrow. Aliens from space. Tommy Cruise. Also from space, probably. <laughs> His religion is from space. Mm-hmm. Thomas Cruise ship, we're Lord and Savior, president <laughs> of the Cruise movie. Ship. President of the movies. Big yeah. up Mission Impossible anyway you're there. Anyway you're there. Great movie. Any, <laughs> are you guys seeing Mission Impossible yet? I have not seen a single one yeah. oh. in full. Mm-hmm. I've seen maybe bits and pieces of the first two. Okay. Possibly. Uh, what is it? Uh, John Wick. Not John from Wick. not from space, but you know, would love to see him in yeah. space. Fantastic. Sends many people to the abyss. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but um, th- one of the greatest films to come out of that year and one of the greatest films in Christopher Nolan's filmography mm, is no more, no more yes. the, bullet in my heart. the movie Interstellar. Uh, now, I haven't seen this in a few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, this, this time, this would have been my third time watching it, I believe. And um, I feel like I secretly rewatch it like every one or two years. I watch it. I watch it every year. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Um, I... I I mean, I watch. I rewatched the Lord of the Rings films once a year. Mm. I also rewatched the film Warrior uh, mm. with, with Tom Hardy mm. and uh, mm. uh, Edgerton. Joel Edgerton. Good movie, right? Yeah. 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 Um, when, when, when you when you pitched um, doing Rocky series to me, I was just like, "Well, I've already seen Warrior. Why do I need to see <laughs> Rocky?" <laughs> Warrior is like double Rocky. Yeah. It's like underdog versus underdog. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, so Interstellar. I always enjoy watching it again, and I want to start off by saying that um, I forgot. I always forget just how much of the movie is farming corn. Earth. Farming corn. Yeah. yeah. Like the first 45 minutes of the movie corn. is just. Yes. What if, what if corn? It's a slow burn. I would define corn. it as a slow burn in I terms of getting to the meat or the matter. Yeah. It's and a I slow burn, but it's also. L- little to no meat in this film. It's yeah. all yeah, corn yeah, it's based all corn. diet for these people. It's, it's, um. it's very <laughs> much like there's so much information in that first 45 minutes of what yes. the status of the world is. Yes. And it just gets. They take their time to build the world, and that's very deliberate. Um, Nolan's approach, I think. There's so much juxtaposition between the first half of the movie and the latter half between Earth and what seems to be this very rural um, place in America. It's not quite Oklahoma because there's mountains in the background. It's just some some American state. It kind of seems like all of middle America has just been... Yeah. transformed into corn corn country yeah and so what's interesting is that initially what he uses to show us that it's the future that it's this future dystopia yeah. is climate catastrophe rather than something like technology yeah. or technological advancement yeah, which is what we usually boy, see food sure running out, exactly you, yeah, which is what we'd usually see for a sci-fi mm-hmm. movie yeah. technology is one of the easiest people ways are to talking indicate on like holograms on their fu- on their exactly, watches yeah. exactly so i think it's a very deliberate choice to use climate catastrophe he, as yeah. our initial he, introduction into the world yeah he does that great thing that m night did in signs mm. where you're like instead of an alien invasion with cities and everything just like oh no what would it happen in this specific what if a fantastical thing happened in a very rural area mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not that like there there are tech advances. It's just they're, they're very 
the, it's very grounded, which is right. exactly as, as it would be with like Christopher what if a Nolan. random drone. There's not this high yeah. contrast between. No, it's yeah. more like okay, let's just take what we have and push it a little bit further with more automation. Exactly. I mean, I think we've gotten to a point where artificial intelligence has gotten to more of the the sci-fi sphere. Like in reality, it is more leaning towards what one might imagine in in a sci-fi space. Right. Whereas this movie feels almost like not outdated, just like very bare bones in how mm-hmm. it approaches that kind because of, like mm-hmm. there's like a drone that is flying over the the the, the crops, cornfield, the cornfield. Yeah. It, it, it's also very helpful that in a narrative they explicitly state like we've moved on from engineering we have to, we don't yeah. have time to create new mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. it's all yeah. like I looking at, towards food i looked food. at it more of like a technological walk back like mm-hmm. you had this drone flying around and you have all of these different machines mm-hmm. but they were you know refit into one specific task mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because yeah. like there, there's even the he has there's a moment where all these big tractors mm-hmm. are all descending they upon the house because yeah. of the yeah yeah and it's like mm-hmm. well the, these are the just pull. self-driving yeah um, yeah he 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 captures the drone at first to yeah. take out the battery to replace it in his exactly tractor. yeah mm-hmm. um but I d- uh, so I sat down to watch this movie this morning and uh, I w- I went out for dinner last night and mm-hmm. something you might not know about me Bam is whenever I go out to eat. I always yeah, man, I know I know nothing about your personal life. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> only if it's a movie reference, yeah. you know things. Please, only explain to me your life in movie reference. Um, well, I went out to dinner, but not with a guy named Andre. Okay. Um, and I always save some food, right? I never finish a meal. I always want some for the next day. Sure. So this morning I got up, I had a little bit of steak, made some steak and eggs. It was fantastic, mm-hmm. right? And I was looking at my plate, and I forgot mm-hmm. for a moment that these fools are only eating corn, right? In all forms, right? They got corn, corn meal porridge. <laughs> they got, they got <laughs> corn, corn pancakes. Pudding, corn pancakes. Yep. Yep. Popcorn. Yeah. Uh, uh, corn tortillas with the corn last in there. Bunch of okra <laughs> dies as five minutes yeah. into the movie. Yeah. It is a terrifying existence because yeah. mm-hmm. I do not Let like corn. Fuckers are eating corn for fifty years because it jumps. It starts with them eating a plate like a meal full of corn. Yeah. Then you know, cut two years later, they're yeah. all adults. Them fuckers still eating corn, so mm-hmm. you just, it's been a, mm-hmm. imagine what, for a moment, what their shit must look like. <laughs> it is just, just all, just all Oh my right God, out. bam. Yes, I know. How yeah, let's talk not, about it. Let's get into it. they malnourished? Boy. Do they, do they take multivitamins? Because, take like, there must no be some accommodations, yeah. There's no way you can get, like, all your nutrition from fucking corn. Mm-hmm. There's a part where her, her yeah. dad is in her bedroom, like, trying to figure out what's going on with her bookshelf, and he yeah. just bring, he she just brings him, like, the two biggest pieces of cornbread yeah, yeah. <laughs> as just, like, a so, working you know, snack. So, so I, I, I rewatch this. I, I, I like, at, like, 10 o'clock, I just turn to uh, Martina's like, yeah, I'm turning off all these lights right now. I'm setting the mood. Boom. And I just shut down all the lights to watch into Stella, so yeah. I closed it in, watched it, and rewatching this movie in COVID, seeing them a put on masks yes. to go through this film, and b the fact that like everyone basically has like a lung disease now, mm-hmm. that that hit mm-hmm. me really hard. But they're still playing but baseball, just, and they're still just going on like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess this is it. No, that's something else that I noted as well is the the absolute normalcy of the post apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, very deliberate a, again, yeah. again, again very deliberate. It, yeah. yeah, farm life, all American, quote unquote. Survival you die, I guess. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's not like uh it's it's pe- there, there's discussions. Crack donuts, by the yes. Oh yes, Bam brought a whole bevy of donuts <laughs> for for the <laughs> guests today. Um, so, so 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 Toby, I'll appreciate this. Um, I could not fully commit to a bit, but would you like to choose an, an anomaly over here? If you see these <laughs> circular 
Donuts. I'm good. <laughs> it's it's. It, is this because of the wormhole thing? This is a wormhole thing. I was going for a wormhole thing. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> also, that's kind of a circle of pistachio-like object. I was uh-huh. going. I was going for a thing here. Like well, I mean, I see the vision. The shells of the pistachio have to fold over exactly, to reveal. Right. Like, much like space time. Much like space time. Yeah. Yeah. It folds yeah. in there on you itself. Go. So. There you go. And bits. Food-based bits. Also visual gags. Yes. But um, Toby's like, stop talking about food. I want to talk about Interstellar. <laughs> sorry. Back to the corn, Toby. Yeah. I'm so sorry. No, um, I think in rewatching this movie for God knows maybe fifteenth time, yeah. Mm-hmm. God, yeah. Um, I think one of the questions that came out of it at the forefront for me was, what are humans prone to? What are humans prone to do? And um, obviously, one of the things at the forefront is love. We're yeah. prone to love and we're prone to do love. Mm-hmm. Um, we're prone to deceit, to lie, yeah. to sacrifice. Yeah, because there's a whole part, and I'm jumping ahead in plot here, but there's a part where um, Anne Hathaway's character, Dr. Brand, and yeah. um, Cooper. I wanted to like Oops. list out the, the th- yeah, but. Well, I was just saying as an example, like there's a part where she's talking about um, what she likes about. Uh, being out on this mission and, mm-hmm. and, and nature itself mm-hmm. in that nature is not evil, evil. Mm-hmm. and Cooper's like ah yeah but we's people and people be carrying that evil with them mm-hmm. and you kind of see mm-hmm. how that gets explored and yes this, this definitely ideas of like self-sacrifice for the good of mankind mm-hmm. um, but also like what propels anybody to do that is their in you know investment in something in right. either in themselves or the people it's an examination love. of the human condition yeah. so we have the love yeah, because humanity is about to, deceit, to go. <laughs> and we have the being prone to explore, being prone to hope, and being prone to survive. Why are you out there if you do not love the people back home to get find something different for them yeah. to explore their passion for space exploration in the first place? Exactly. But going back to their conversation about nature, um, when you're watching it, when they're having a discussion about oh, it's not evil, I thought to myself, yeah, it's it's indifferent. Yeah. Which is, which is even scarier. Definitely. Like it's, it's not malicious at all. It, Definitely. It, it doesn't care. It just goes about your day. Mm-hmm. And if you fuck up in any of the slightest, you'll, you'll, you'll just be dead. Dead because mm-hmm. space does not care for you to really go about it. It's about yeah. long yeah. enough without anything in there. And it doesn't wish. But it's interesting to think about how we can harness that indifference because the environment that we live in or that we operate in or that we can explore can because of its indifference it can exist for different purposes right and so on earth we see that if we exploit the indifference of the earth then you know there's a natural consequence to that Uh, but if we explore if we explore the indifference of space there's also a beautiful consequence to that as we'll explore later on with the tesseract and the wormhole and yeah yeah <laughs> and the, the tesseract black hole. and the wormhole that i know quite a few people that that was a jumping off point for them with this movie but we'll get to it <laughs> what do you mean jumping off point for them um there's i th- all right i'll get we'll get to it but i think part of the reason why some people don't really uh, rave about this movie as someone as as one of their favorites of his mm-hmm. is it is very dense I yes. think it's probably one of his densest movies. It is. Agreed. It is. There's and um, there's some backstory to that. To like this movie. So this is a good time to get into some of the backstory of the of the development of this movie. Mm-hmm. So um, talking my boy Kip Thorne. Kip Thorne, but also 
I mean, originally the idea, the broad idea came from Linda Obst, who's a well-known producer in the industry. She did Flashdance, um, movies like that. Um, Linda met Kip Thorne through Carl Sagan. Nice. Um, they were originally dating, Ooh. and that didn't work out, but they were on great terms afterwards. And in the mid-2000s... Didn't have any chemistry? Uh, no. Okay. In the mid-2000s and the early 2000s... <laughs> In the mid-2000s and the early 2000s, um, Linda came up with this idea, you know, of kind of exploring a space movie, um, and she brought it to Cape, and, you know, the idea was for this to be a space movie very, very firmly rooted in, in the science, science. and Cape, um, there were two rules surrounding science for this movie from Cape, where he said, um, no, nothing in the movie would divert from firmly mm -hmm. established rules of science and anything that was conjectured would be still firmly rooted okay. in science um and so you have this idea and then it comes to um jonathan as in jonathan nolan who mm -hmm. usually writes the screenplays originally for the Nolan films, mm -hmm. and then Christopher will come and kind of build on that. Like, mm, what if there was a dead wife in there? <laughs> right. <laughs> Naturally. Um, you know, so it was, it was this kind of convergence. And one of the interesting things to think about is um, knowing the background and thinking about how much goes into the making of a movie because we're seeing this idea develop from the early 2000s mm -hmm. and the film originally doesn't Spielberg get was gonna originally Spielberg was um, harnessed as this person to I mean there's, come and direct. there's like very much feels like close encounters mm -hmm. um, just that kind of mm -hmm. Spielberg having a, a, an E.T. Yeah, ju just having like this this fanciful idea of what is out there and because there's a whole part in there's there's a long stretch of the movie where it is just assumed by everybody that there's aliens out there right. making mm. some communications with it us. It feels like 2001 Space Odyssey, but what if there was emotion between the characters? There is yeah. undoubtedly <laughs> influence from 2001 yeah. Space Odyssey, yeah. and having only watched that movie this year, okay. it's really interesting to see that influence in this movie mm -hmm. in terms of how they approach graphics, yeah. how they approach the physicality how of yeah, graphics. Yeah, yeah. How they approach inside of a wormhole. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But also like building things like the endurance mm -hmm. and bu building a physical prop yeah. that's like very true to life and true to There's scale. miniatures all over this boy. Too. It, it, that like, too. Like that too. You see where it, it has that kind of odd movement in space where it, mm -hmm. it, is, it is kind of floating and, yes. and it feels a little bit janky but it's like okay things are not moving in the same way that it would if there was like gravity the idea of that like kind of suspension yeah 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 mm -hmm. and Every then there's it, it cuts to a miniature and there's a little, a little exhaust spring yeah of silence mm. as it's just pumping off and, and, yeah. and then there's Fucking like in space baby when you, when you see like Vacuums. even the 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 thing spraying out or like when it clamps down to yeah. dock with the thing mm -hmm. and you don't hear anything because oh. like mm. ain't no sound the in use space. of silence in the movie yeah, is really yeah, yeah. interesting and Hans Zimmer being able to know when to draw back and let the and silence kind of reach yeah. the audience um, is really powerful. But also like the way they take their time with the frames, the visual frames, and let you kind of soak in everything yeah. as they're passing through Saturn. Uh, obviously, mm -hmm. the black hole is the is a big one, but the wormhole too, you know. This movie um, is like, <laughs> just like a, a 
three hour screensaver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You, you yeah. can put it on mute and just have it in the background. And like, yeah. Like, just like the truck going through the corn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Thrown over the yes. river. Like, but it, also it, when Cooper is like leaving the house to go on the mission oh. and they do that shot by the wheel. Yeah. And it kind of resembles, you kind of think of this rocket taking off and it's supposed to parallel Murph what's going to happen up, up in space. Yeah, All right, so let's, 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 yeah. She won yeah. an Academy Award for that role, didn't she? The actress that played Murph. Nobody Jessica got it. Jessica Nobody Chastain. Oh, she, was, she was nominated, I believe. The child Jessica won. Just, no, Not no, just no, Jessica the Chastain. Child mm-hmm. I would have given the child No, the, the child won. She won. Okay, I think I saw her win some like critical acclaim for that role and every time I best I newcomer or something I, well, yeah, yeah and every time I saw her I just remember that one scene when he was leaving and it was just so visceral mm-hmm. like her we, 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 that's I, I mean we, we'll, we'll come later to my favorite scene ever put to film okay. so yeah. so the, let's 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 talk about the um, let's talk about these characters that have all these intense connections across space and time so you got uh, Cooper what's his first name that's Cooper. Name. Cooper. That's yeah. his name. Okay. Uh, Matthew McConaughey playing Cooper. He is in the McConaughey's middle of in it. In the, the yes. yeah. This this having was just won an Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This this was right at the cusp of the McConaughey's. You know, mm-hmm. uh, coming off a of mud. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, he Lincoln Lawyer Lincoln as well Lawyer. was like bringing him back. It, this is and this is right. He 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 had already filmed um ba- Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah. But it had not come out. But Lonan saw saw mud or something. Yeah. Just like. Oh, that guy, he's good. Yeah. And then, and yeah. There are certain lines in this movie that I I really think he was, he's perfect to sell them he's because yes. he... He's born. His he approach to his work lends itself to the intensity that the film required. Yeah. Which was really nice because Linda, Linda talked about this. Kip talked about this in his book. Kip was like, Matthew ma- messaged me, emailed me, and was like, when can we meet up? And when they met up, Matthew was in his hotel room and had cleared out all of the furniture yes. except for a couch yes. and a coffee table. Yes. And on the floor was spread out every inch of the script. And yes. on the scripts were copious notes. Yes. And they went through deliberately each each page. And, right. and you know, he had all, all of these um, really technical questions to ask yes. Kip regarding the science and how to yeah. interpret that through his character. Yes. He's, his approach to this film, I really respect. Yeah. This is also the same year as True Detective. Jesus. That's a good yeah. year for Matthew McConaughey. He was in his era. Yeah. He was in his era. Like the pivot that miracle he had. Run. Miracle run. Yeah. Incredible pivot that he had yeah. from the early 2000s yeah. where he did rom-coms, rom-coms yeah. into these very, very serious dramatic roles. And mind you, Kip is saying that when they meet, he's still in the weight loss period after Dallas, Dallas Buyers, Buyers Club. Club. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like he's still this gaunt figure and I, I, he's diving straight into this next role. I, I, I believe the anecdote was like, um, he, you know, he, he had that like little rough patch of like, you know, they said rom-com is not n- um, plain movies. Let's Fools, say. Mm. Fools mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he's just like, he kind of this feeling is like, I want to like be a better actor. Like I, I, I'm actually going to go to acting classes and try to improve myself. Like I've yeah. kind of been running off on my good looks and charm all this time yeah. what if I, and then he basically like asks his daughter what she thought of it mm-hmm. and she basically like that are you sure you're that good of an actor in the <laughs> first place yeah. and, that, and, and that just he's no. that just, just the full motivation like no. i have to show my child i mean no he's fantastic better, you know? man yeah but she, she she she'd seen fool's gold yeah, she, she was just like, Dad, let's call a spade a spade. Yeah. Yeah. Are you... Like, can you imagine all those rom-com actors that we know? Like, we would have never known what they could do if they didn't branch out. Because we just think they're just like... 
Like Sandra need- Bullock impresses me so much. Yeah. She can jump yes. from just absolute trash to like a masterpiece. Yeah, but like, you know, like that was like ease. the archetype for like a, a certain amount, like certain um group of actors, like mm-hmm. Matthew McConaughey, like Owen Wilson. Mike, please, Mike, like please, Sandra please talk Bullock. to the mic. Don't talk to Bam. Sorry, <laughs> can you hear me yes, now? I, I, I can. What was I saying? Sandra Bullock. <laughs> Sandra Bullock. <laughs> uh, Matthew <laughs> McConaughey. <laughs> And like Owen Wilson and those people, like when I like saw them transition over to a different genre, I was like, wow, like what if you just stayed wait, here? Wait, I would wait, never you saw know. Owen Wilson and you were like, wow. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. But he was just, he was <laughs> wow. <laughs> His nose is great. But <laughs> it is, though. Specifically it is. Okay. It is. His nose is The rest is of like you don't care for. Eh, it's fine. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, are they just like, I wonder, is it because, like, when you're you're beginning your career, you just have to, like, allow yourself to be typecast you, in these you I mean, take whatever job you get. Y'all want work, the money work, and, and that sometimes time. how do you get the shot to like do you just go to an audition and you're like and they're like damn well, like you have Matthew. to go to audition you have to like <laughs> do a lot of like go to like a party yeah snooze sometimes it, you just know right someone people. sometimes snooze you just right know people. someone yeah, yeah but like know. some actors take like on good yes that too that too that too yeah comedies don't get which is what i've appreciated about wes anderson he's one of those directors that deliberately does comedy and is taken very very seriously for it because his approach is so meticulous no i think comedy is genius right i just think that some of these movies that those particular actors have been in have weren't taken seriously or or were trash it's it's a jim it's a jim carrey paradox where like he's one of the most brilliant comedic actors on the planet it and he's just spent so much of his career trying to get an Oscar by placating to these like drama movies that yeah. may or, even though he's a good actor may or may necessarily should have been the lane yeah, he chose a, like from watching The Mask which you made me watch and I'll know and then he went and did internal, Eternal spo- Sun- Sunshine Sun- Out of the Spotless Mind, Mind which is yeah, yeah. many people's favorite you know yeah. drama you know he captured a lot in that yeah and was really powerful well there's a line that uh, mcconaughey has in this which i really like which <coughs> is um he says we used to look up at the stars and wonder about our p- no we used to look up and wonder about our place, place in, in the, the stars, stars and now we just think about our place in uh, the no. dirt yeah like going from like that yeah to, uh, i i thought of like looking do- like doom scrolling mm-hmm. on your phone when yeah. you said that mm-hmm. i was like it's that, this that, tension that between really exploration and survival yeah. and having to in this world, in this movie, choose between the two at times, mm-hmm. oftentimes. I mean, he when when he does get that chance, um, I think there's a good part of him which is just like, thank God I'd have to be at a farm tomorrow. Like, oh yeah, I, definitely. I, like, there's a part he of him which is just like, he I need to, to be escape. an engineer and an astronaut. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. Kind of and yeah, it is. It, out and it is partially about like, yeah, I'd like to help to save the world, but also like, I think this is like, if we're gonna go out, if we're gonna, if this is humanity's last, let's go out with a fucking bang. Yeah, let's yeah. go out. Let's between go exploration the, and survival. Yeah. There you well, go. Comes one of my favorite character actors, Mr. John Lithgow himself. Yeah, Ooh. his stepdad just saying like, "Coop, like you were born, you the forty years too his late father-in-law. or too, yeah. Early, yeah, too early. Yeah, too early. Like you, 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 were meant to be out there. Like, yeah, you, yeah. You, you, and you he was trained for something that he never really got to do. In, yeah. In the, in the start, you see like something went wrong with an original training mission or mission yeah. mm-hmm, did, and mm-hmm. then. I, I assume that as well as climate catastrophe was the many reasons that NASA suddenly slowed down. Like definitely, you know, like like again, like one w- one mistake on a on a on a on a, on a space exploration trip can just blow up the whole thing, and there's mm-hmm. billions just down the drain. Yep. And then mm-hmm. for the reason NASA always goes on is is public confidence and public donations to keep absolutely. on doing the thing. Absolutely, absolutely. Yep. So um, when as, as people become more, you know, skeptical of science, let's say maybe they're not so interested in. Yeah, and we see that in the movie when he goes to the um, to the school con- to the parent teacher conference, mm-hmm. and he's talking to the teacher, and the teacher is 
you know denying that the moon landing, the moon landing yeah. and yeah. it's very relevant because you have like people that recently where uh, certain textbooks weren't allowed in schools mm-hmm. um, specifically because of the critical race theory mm-hmm. and people mm-hmm. not wanting their kids to learn about slavery yeah. yes. and inequality and, yeah. and in this movie it's just like oh the, uh, you the, your daughter brought a school to uh, brought a school. Uh, old school book, your, yeah. your, bro- your daughter brought a book to school that talked about that fake ass moon landing yes. and you know we don't want to corrupt the young minds now obviously we that. did that to fool the Russians yeah right? mm-hmm. this was like clearly just War, propaganda obviously. and we don't really want to promote that mm-hmm. and he's just like cool yeah. all right you're I'm, done I'm, I'm gonna take her for ice cream because that was a good thing <laughs> no but it's like yeah. it's like the moment when you're talking to somebody and you realize that they're dunce and then you just check out to the conversation <laughs> you're just yeah. like yeah, yeah. oh yeah you're not yeah, mentally yeah, capable yeah, yeah. And to, linking to, back to like, right, his cool. personal experience because he points out that like their research and their scientific development mm-hmm. in space exploration led to the development of the yeah. mri yeah yeah which he was saying like if they had any more of those you know they yeah. could have caught <laughs> his <laughs> wife's um illness yeah yeah um and there's also the line that john lithgow has um where he says when he was a kid it felt like they made something new yeah. every, every day. day and that yeah. goes yeah. back gadgets, to yeah. um what you were saying about how uh, you know technology has been scaled back mm-hmm. to this kind of primitive state mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah as, as there's no more engineers they're not yeah. making new things they're not doing space exploration so uh, things are not so great everybody has like when they go to that t- parent teacher conference mm-hmm. uh, by the way love how this is one of those movies where everywhere you look there's just like an, doctor, an incredibly great <laughs> actor for like two minutes yes because you got david or yellow yeah, yeah. who is in yes. there just to be like hey your son's gonna be a great farmer yeah yeah anyway <laughs> ain't, exactly, going to, please. ain't going to college though <laughs> yeah um but like you know that that's the thing and then when you get to the kids um also baby Timish, baby yeah it was so Little funny. Fucking asshole. When he, when he talks about this movie, it's so funny because he's like, this was one of my first major roles. Yeah. And obviously when you're doing a film, like if you've worked in film, Kimmy, um, I don't know if anyone else, but yeah, um, if you've worked in film, you know that like you're doing something that can be like even like a five minute, 10 minute mm-hmm. thing. And it feels like so much more because of how much work is going in behind it. Right. And obviously you're doing a film of this scale and yeah. you're, you're working a lot, but yeah. like your, your presence on screen is kind right. of much less. And he was, right. he was saying when he watched, he was so disappointed because yeah. he's like, I just felt like there was so much more of right. me in this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. And like, it's really not that you, much. You got tattered down to saying dumbass three times. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the prep you have to do or like, I as an actor like so i did a short film and i had a character and she was mostly just a representation she was mostly a representation of of, of a concept but like so my scenes weren't that many but the, i had the most rehearsals out of everybody in the mm-hmm. set mm-hmm. because of how powerful that character was like it's the representation that she was supposed, supposed to, to. Yeah. so like behind the scenes you're like there every why is that a laugh no it's, 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 be a sneeze, it's, you know? it's, it's not to you <laughs> uh, i'm c- Bringing up my next point because yeah, I was looking on. up um, the the actress who plays the the daughter. Right. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Mer. She was in she was in Silent Ti- Hill, Twilight and Silent Hill. So so you were mentioning that she won something. She won a Saturn Award yeah. for best, which is f- so f- hilarious it, for this they movie. They go to Saturn. They go to Saturn. Yeah. Um, best performance by a younger actor okay. is, uh, is the award, but um, she's also nominated for the Little Prince. Uh, oh no, she won for that best vocal performance, but um. She was in, as you said, she was twi- in Twilight. She uh, was Renesmee. She was a little mutant baby. <laughs> she was, she um, was baby Renesmee. And, appa- and that she, she's also the winner of a Razzie Award uh-huh. for... Wor- baby Renesmee? No, no. Worst <laughs> screen couple. 
which she oh, shares yes, with Taylor Lautner. Of course, of course, of course, of course. Of course. Um, but yeah, when Yikes. I saw when I when I saw her in the movie, like when I saw the kids, my first two, my my two thoughts were Baby Timothy Chalamet mm-hmm. and Little Mutant Baby from Twilight, right. because like you know that shot when the baby's first revealed and right. it's supposed to mm-hmm. be like. It, it, it's okay, so I've never seen Breaking Down Part Two. It, yeah, I know that is a controversial take on this <laughs> microphone on this room for the day. Um, because it was a major cultural <laughs> event. It's a major cultural <laughs> event. No, I, I, guys, I, I've 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 read all the books. Oh, okay. I, I've read all the books. If that comforts you in any way. Yeah. Um, oh, that's terrible. So so. So when I saw this girl, I am just seeing Murph, right? So this this is all I know from this from this this little girl's performance. Mm. So I could if, if I saw her if I watched Breaking On and saw her again, I'd probably think, oh look, Renesme. But I did not have that break in my <laughs> yeah. my um engagement in any way. Yeah, um, I liked her acting in this. Um, oh yeah, she has. She has she, like she has like big job she to do. And yeah, me the fuck off. she brings up. She 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 kind of harnesses the emotions of a child, the very strong emotions mm-hmm. that you're feeling, where you kind of understand some of what's happening, but you don't have you don't understand the full implications yet, which is nice because it has one of my favorite scenes of all. Obviously, it's my all time favorite I, movie, I, I, but I, that I, scene yeah. before Coop leaves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where they're in her room, of course, and you, you know, know when you come this is back. this is of course after they figured out what the anomaly mm-hmm. is trying to tell them. The coordinates to NASA, which I, 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 I want. To and before they before he leaves, you know, he obviously tries to leave everything on a very good note, mm-hmm. which Gives is impossible because again, this child doesn't, you know, they're they're feeling she's feeling what she's feeling. Yeah. But he says something that always gets to me because he's like, you know, um there was something that your mom told me when we had you and I didn't understand it really at the time. And she was saying, now we're just here to be memories for our kids. Mm-hmm. And then later on in the conversation, he's like, you know, once you're a parent, you're the ghost of your children's future. Mm-hmm. And he says, I can't be your ghost right now. I have to go do mm-hmm. this thing. I have yep. to go, you know, make this sacrifice. And, you know, I'm not sure when I'm coming back and, of course, he gives her one of the most important props in the movie, the if not the most important prop mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah. Um, the watch um, to match their times. Um, and, you know, he explains like relativity we, we, and how time will be different up there. And we can compare when we get back. And yeah. it, it's like it, it, he, he talks us a little bit too much because there's a little bit of hope in that where he's like, hey, time's going to move different. Yeah. You know, yes. and, and it, it's like, meant to be encouraging. Long, who knows how And then he's he's like, I might even be your we, age. We might be the same yeah. age. And then and she that's it the point clicks, she's like, it clicks in her. You, you don't see, know you when you're coming back. change in her eyes and she turns to her father. And my trigger upon trigger, a realistic portrayal of a child going through betrayal, trauma. man. Just the betrayal that she's feeling, <laughs> and in that moment, yeah, because yeah. she's like, wait, wait, wait. You think we're going to be the same age? So at the least, she thinks at best he's going to be for a year or something. Y- yeah, yeah, and you're mm-hmm. telling me at least you might be gone for like thirty something years, and this is yeah. supposed to be encouraging to yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. How old was the character Murph? Uh, 10. Ten. Ten years old. So she was very like above average intelligence. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, yes. don't yeah. Like a regular te- a regular. That sounds terrible. I don't feel like a. a, a the parent teacher conference is just like she's too <laughs> smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what because about, because yeah. just saying that like we might even be the same like the way that her brain just went blob and she, I was like she's wow. Okay. Yeah, she got it immediately. So she goes yeah. the world's problems now. Like. And mm-hmm. I love how like she holds on to that that pain for years. Yeah. Like you yeah. see how how her brother is making all these tapes to send to her dad in space. Don't mm-hmm. little Timothy Chalamet is yeah. God bless him. He's just like, well, I guess I better send my dad these vlogs. Yeah. And he just goes on send these vlogs until you know. Yeah. What happens happens. Yeah, but like because it's just like she. 
in her room just like I ain't talking to that dude for years decades right. just right. does not talk to this dude yeah. Yeah. yeah but it's interesting because one you know the movie obviously one of the major themes is time and the way that humans relate to time and how time affects us and we see how Murph holds on to her pain through time and the way that all of the characters hold on to love through time which is also what makes me tear up all the time mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah it's um incredible so they they he leaves you know there's that really tender scene between him and murph heartbreaking scene obviously because he's trying to mend things before he leaves and we see the um the spaceship drop off the the bookshelf mm-hmm. and it feels like almost this one last call from the quote-unquote ghost well it, it does right because she's <laughs> It's funny because she starts out by saying, hey, dad, there's a ghost in my room. And he's just like, oh, okay, that's nice, honey. Mm-hmm. And and she brings out the book of Morse code. Well, mm-hmm. well, it, there's a few. Uh, eventually, she gets to the point where um, he, she gets him to understand that there's something being communicated here. And um, there's a line where he says, I know what Morse code is, Murph. I just don't think your bookshelf is trying to talk, talk to, to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is just like good when line, you're a good dad, line, good line, yeah. you got like your kids telling you some things yeah. going on. You're just like, okay, yeah, yeah that's nice. Uh, <laughs> but then like, he believes her, but mm-hmm. then there's a part in that conversation where she's like, this is the message it is saying to stay. stay yeah. You'd yeah. know later on when you see that he is trying to get himself to stay. He's trying to manipulate mm-hmm. time to yeah. make sure he never goes on that trip. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, all right, so you believe her. You believe that Morse code is being communicated. You know she can read Morse code. She's telling you it is saying stay, but you're just like, I got to go. And I'm. Mm-hmm. I, there's a part of me which is just thinking, that man just does not want to be on the farm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he is of ready course, to there's rather, definitely He'd rather be on Earth with his children. There's a part of him that's hungering and there's sinking a... Sinking deeper into the abyss of space. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a curiosity and there's a part of him that's hungering, which is why he... Which is a big reason why he ends up leaving, you yeah. know, because... But like he, so so he convinces, and, and also if Michael Caine is just like you're literally the man who can uh, save the world. Literally <laughs> getting to Michael Caine because she, she, she. Michael um, Caine tells Michael me that I believe him. I believe mm-hmm. anything Michael Caine says in this movie. He'd never lie, right? She guys? gets. <laughs> <laughs> so she gets him to understand that these are coordinates being communicated to her by books falling off her bookshelf and sand that has been like aligned to be dashes mm-hmm. and dots of Morse code. Yes. So they go out to this location out in the fucking desert. Um, she stows away in the truck, which like the girl. It's not even the desert. It feels it's just, it's it's just like in the woods not or the something. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. um, but is, like, is, would it be Houston? No, no, Houston was really communicates. This is Florida. I think they go to Florida. It might be Florida they drive to. I have no idea. Well, or so or when when they get there and and like she's stowed away in the truck and he's you know no idea that, that, where that, 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 he's that, driving that repeats to. sorry just that repeat scene of him of Murph stowing away at first when he yeah. gets announced and he lifts up the covers and he sees her and then when he's driving off and he's still and he's hoping still that hoping she's there the yeah. Yeah. yeah Um. when he first goes to NASA and then yeah. the the next time he goes to mm-hmm. go on the mission yeah. I love when he gets there and, and he's like oh well gotta turn back he's just like you have bolt cutters like let's just break into this motherfucker yeah. that's my kiddo that's <laughs> and the movie God, gives us you. The movie's so Such good at the good storytelling. Father, of banter in this movie. This, this, was, this movie made it to my list of um, Father's Day films yeah, that, mm-hmm. was, that got published last oh, year. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Because what one of the things that the movie does is that it shows us from the very beginning how um, instrumental Murph is to this whole rescuing of the human race. You know, from the, from the very beginning, they're giving us the clues. Like, obviously, she's a person that notices the messages in the first place. Mm-hmm. And um, the significance of everything being in her room mm-hmm. like her room being this key part of this yeah. key see, location in the movie yeah. yeah it's us it's them telling us i mean like yeah this is her like it is her. no it this is one of 
the most tragic things in the movie is that it is so clear which child is his favorite. Yeah. <laughs> because across space and time, he's, he's in connect- that Tesseract, and boy, I don't see a fucking Timmy <laughs> Shepard with the Shalom yeah. inside. Yeah. <laughs> Not at any age. But it's also the difference in interest, right? Because mm-hmm. Murph is obviously the one that shows the interest in what Coop is, mm-hmm. you know, had, had dedicated his life to. And Tom is the one that wants to do the farming. And when they're at the baseball game, when they're at the baseball game, um, Coop, it's, Coop is like trying to be that fatherly person and be like, Toby, you mean I'm the, so the proud York, of the you. New York Yankees game that is mean? the New York Yankees. <laughs> that is the last of the New York Yankees. In yeah. That I'm so proud of you for like, you know, be, being able to be this farmer. And, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, he's the son is like, really? Because you hate farming. And yeah. Coop, Coop tries to reassure him and be like, well, if this is what you, you want, want to, to do, do then I'm more than happy. And it's very obvious that Tom is more interested in what's happening on earth and mm-hmm. murph has always yeah. been the one to share coops Tom, interested in this he, he interest gives, in like space a 10 minute hug cry session with murph in her room about him going and then he just goes <laughs> inside i'm a g speaking as someone who has an older sister that's how it goes for sure, for the, sure. th- that's that is little girl and the son gets a pat on the shoulder <laughs> like good man and mm. then, then the dad yeah, drives yeah. off yeah. Mm-hmm. um also love how um earlier in the movie just the, the dynamic of the kids and how murph is is an idealist and tom is a realist mm-hmm. um there's a scene where they get a flat tile mm-hmm. tom immediately is the one that has to fix murph it is you know. law. he's he, yeah mm-hmm. uh, um and and tom is a boy tom has to do the hard work of fixing the the tile mm-hmm. and then when they see the drone the dad is like Cooper's just like get in the car and he's just like but we have a flat tire Tire. though Mm -hmm. and he wants us to go through a cornfield with a flat tire All right, Mm -hmm. dad whatever you say Mm -hmm. because and that's what I appreciate about Tom as a character like he he is underground because you kind of have to be like Mm -hmm. people need to be fed the world does need farmers I feel like absolutely he he doesn't really get his due from the the characters in the movie Mm -hmm. like there's a certain point where they they he's almost becomes an obstacle and granted there is the larger scheme thing of saving the entire world. Mm. But, he, you know, he was holding it down and he saw he the value in doing that. And he absolutely did. Yeah. Um, he, he, he was like a character that didn't exactly need that um, external thing from his dad to that validation. Although he does tend to be seeking it when he's sending out all those messages for years. Mm-hmm. And then his eventual wife has to tell him, hey, you got to let him go. You, you got to yeah. cut it off. Yeah. But yeah. He, he goes through a whole movie of himself. Like he loses a child. He gets married. He, lo- he has to bury his own grandfather. Like Timothy right. Chalamet turns into Casey Affleck. He, turns into, he, buries, his, he, he buries his first child, Jesse. He buries his first child and then he names his second child after his father. Oh. And then like when his when his child is, is sick, like he he's just dedicated his whole life to this farm and now he's mm-hmm. being told that he has to leave. He is not giving up that farm. I, th- no. I, th- I, think, I think it's to the point where things are so bad yeah. and like you just have to concentrate on making food, making, making food. When a mm-hmm. doctor is just like, your child is sick, mm-hmm. it's at the point where like, I can't even fucking worry about that. Right? Yeah. That is like, that is unimportant. But honestly, par- another part of it or part of my interpretation was the fact that um, this is was his dad's farm this This was his dad's farm yeah Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is where his dad left Mm -hmm. you know and there's i think this determination to stay there and to anchor himself there it's an emotional response i think too Mm -hmm. yeah um not just to the farming but as you talked you're talking about um what's his name um alfred 
<laughs> Michael Caine. <laughs> um, and he has a line where he's like, uh, "The last people to starve will be the first to suffocate." suffocate. And that's, that that is a line to tell you how drastic things are. And he does yes. convince Cooper to go on his mission. It doesn't hurt that he gets to go with Anne Hathaway, which mm. I like that they have. <laughs> A platonic relationship in the movie. Yeah. In the Even beginning, though, well, in the very beginning, mm-hmm. that man is flirting. Yes, as as he's in His that. His first inter- line is like, "So I'll go on field." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, <laughs> "Your dad wasn't nearly as cute as exactly. you." Exactly, that up? that is that McConaughey <laughs> charm right there. Um, but then he's like, "No, I'm not in a rom com anymore. I gotta do I'm <laughs> science, hard Focus science." Up. McConaughey, half Focus up. Focus up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then when he's like, "Oh, you guys are NASA," and he has that little glint, he's just like. Are we back? Are we back? <laughs> We're so back. <laughs> We're so back. <laughs> um, and then they go off into space with um, so his his crewmates. You've got Anne Hathaway, who's the the young Doctor Brand, Amelia yeah. Brand, Amelia Brand, Romilly. 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 and then we have Doyle, Doyle, Doyle mustache himself, West mm. ben- West Bentley <laughs> as Doyle, and mm-hmm. um, Bam. I'm gonna say right now, my pack kind of the film. Uh, <coughs> <laughs> Damien, Damien, I was, I was, I'm so, I was so waiting for us to get to this. I think this is an undeniable fact. Yeah. Like no votes. This is, this is just decree of the king upon this episode. Can you explain what's going on? You know what the Pyrocan is? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. From she knows Avatar. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, so this was the one thing. Yes. No matter who watched this movie, yes. when they left it, yes. they loved that motherfucker Tars. <laughs> My boy, Lydia yes. Tars. Yeah. Lydia Tars himself. Lydia Tars. They give up best character, Payakon of this absolutely. film. Absolutely. No. Bar none. Listen. No. That's the thing Undeniable facts. What's missing from AI? Yes. They don't have a sarcasm. They setting. don't have a yes. sarcasm robot. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that, that was so cute. I loved, I loved the way that they use the robots to convey the humor because that's and it's such yeah. a weird looking robot. It like is. so great. It it's is. just a, it's a rectangle. Three blocks, fucking around. And then it becomes four blocks, <laughs> yes. and then like two of the other blocks become like hand claw blocks. hands. Claw then hands. becomes a star. They and it can spins. dig. They can dig with the claw hands. They you can, can spin save if they young Madame Anne Hathaway from drowning they, they're spinning while holding mind you it it's bill irwin that does the voice yes but he also does the puppetry which i didn't know i think he's yeah he's moving in the, in the thing itself but i think it, i think it was interesting because they wanted Close to sh- they wanted case, to show obviously. you case, ob- yes. obviously <laughs> that they're we're in a future where they have robots like this but the physicality of Tars is very deliberate because yeah. they want to, of Tars and Case and Cape, they want to, sh- they want everything. to show you that these things are still clunky mm-hmm. because yeah. it, it was obviously a very archaic form of this robot, mm-hmm. you know, and Coop sa- says it when he first a, meets a, Tars, a, he's, like, robot, yeah. he's like, listen, how are you guys using these old, old pieces of junk? Shit, I'm yeah. going to turn you into a vacuum cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. You're not even good enough to be a lawnmower, yeah. you know? And, like he's, and he's like, you guys shouldn't trust these things because they're not exactly known for their empathy. Yeah. And, yeah. And, like, and, and how, th- and, and there's a line. What's your empathy set in Tars? There, there's, <laughs> There's a point later on where they're like, this is why you can't send AI on these missions right. because they don't have any fear of death. death. Yeah, they don't yeah, have right. that, that, that right. improvisational yeah, thing. Yeah. And like, there's Back a to moment. the theme of survival. There's a moment where... Um, where uh, uh, and you know who says that line? Dr. Hugh Mann. Oh, oh, is his name Hugh? Yep. I didn't realize it was Hugh. Hugh Mann, yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. it was, I didn't know yeah. his first name. Wow. Played by Matt Damon. Oh, sometimes, mm-hmm. Nolan, you're not subtle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes you're just like, get it, and I didn't know it, so that's yeah. okay. Of course, when they Walk first... Walk right onto the Martians, right after the <laughs> <laughs> when No, well, Martians right after this, but it was just like one-two punch of this man stuck in space. space. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, there was some confusion for me what, mm-hmm. um, before I watched Interstellar. I did watch it in theaters at the time when it came out, but mm-hmm. there was some confusion because I was like, 
Matt Damon is in this one too. I yeah. thought he was in another one yeah. about that's, Mars. That's, that's next like, year, baby. What's you, going on? <laughs> all right, all right. Do, do you want to see that that Matt Damon astronaut movie? Oh, which one? Yeah, that, exactly, that, yeah. exactly. Yeah, but is it the one where he's a good dude or one that he's the worst dude ever? <laughs> <laughs> the shittiest man on the planet. Yeah, he yeah. represents that other parts of what humans are prone to do, which is deceit. Mm-hmm. But of course, when they go. Into the space. Out into space. In, into space. Yeah. Some of my favorite Interstellar visuals. Interstellar travel, one could say. Some of my favorite visuals in of any history. movie. Yeah. Of any movie. Um, when they're orbiting endurance, when they're going towards endurance, when they're seeing Earth from yeah, the Anne space. Hathaway, they, they have those moments of Anne Hathaway, like she's looking out in, because this is the first time she's in space. Mm-hmm. And her the whole thing about her character is she's been like on a chalkboard. In yes. boardroom meetings. This yes. is everyone's and that first, becomes first instrumental yeah. to how they navigate the mission because yeah. Coop is the only one with any hands-on any experience, experience. And the rest Even of Romilly them are relying like on theory. <laughs> like yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It kind of reminds me of Gravity with Sandra Bullock's mm-hmm. character because she was also like, she had all this training on Earth, but then they just they just shot her out into space. Mm-hmm. And um, and the visuals also like were sort of reminiscent, except that was obviously not as sci-fi and physicy. Um, I, 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 I had a, a thought in like 2016 after um, Gravity Interstellar Martian where I thought um, Gravity is about fearing and respecting space. Mm-hmm. The Martian is about learning to live with it. Mm-hmm. And Interstellar is about making it a new home. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's, uh, that's <coughs> well said. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. you, that, that there are certain like movies that I think of as ad hoc trilogies mm-hmm. and i think gravity martian and interstellar oh, really yeah. work mm-hmm. it doesn't esp- it doesn't work if you think about matt damon being the two different characters but whatever sure. um but another suspension one of disbelief yeah <laughs> another one is is speaking of nolan um the movie dunkirk mm. wait wait um, wait hold on oh, sorry isn't jessica in both of those two? jessica who chastain yeah is in the martian she's in the martian she's and the head of the mission listen, she's everybody mission. is in the martian yeah. Yeah. the martian <laughs> has That's Kristen wig uh the donald martian glover. has donald glover the martian has uh what's his name from Michael Pena, yeah. uh, uh, Jeff Daniels, yep, yep, yep. everybody's in the Martian. They do a Lord of the Rings joke in front of Aragorn. In front of, <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, not in front of. Uh, d- 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 I mean, he's Ned Stark, but he's um, I forget his Boromir. Boromir, yeah, he's Boromir. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ar- Aragorn doesn't get work until that Green Book movie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But no, so the, the speaking of the movie Dunkirk, uh, if you look at uh, Darkest Hour, mm-hmm. Dunkirk, mm-hmm. and The King's Speech. Yes, Th- that good to me trilogy. is a, is a, is a good trilogy right yeah. there because you got King's Speech, which is like about to go off to war, mm-hmm. and then you've got Darkest Hour, which is all about Churchill getting forces for yeah. Dunkirk, and, and then Dunkirk. you got a movie Dunkirk oh, yeah, as mm-hmm. a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly really liked Dunkirk, by the way. It's really I good. F- I find that a lot of people didn't really like it, but yeah. that sounds great. Yeah. Um, visually, it was very compelling for me as yeah. well. I've gone to my, I prefer King's Speech. But yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah, <laughs> well, sure. Because, I mean, you just love watching Jeffrey Rush and... and I love these two in a room cussing. Yeah, fuck, cussing fuck, at fuck each other. I love things yeah. with heavy dialogue, I yeah. will say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but Don, what Dunkirk has so great about it is that it it creates tension for these characters without the emotional component, mm-hmm. which is the exact opposite for this movie, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. so much of this movie is talking about how we are linked to this emotional component, yeah. human connection. We are linked to yeah. space yes. and time through love. So, so, th- so when they get to space, they got some hard choices to make about which planets they visit when they yes. finally get to the... Because this is the thing where... And, and they floated through Gargantua. Yeah, because when they were, when they were, when they were at NASA, of course, Professor Brown is explaining that there's 12 worlds... And then there's three worlds that are viable. 
um, Miller, Miller's planet, Man's planet, and um, El- Edmund's, Edmund's. Edmund's planet. Th- this, this would all be... Based on the data that's being fed back through the wormhole. Yeah. What I think is interesting is that when they're talking about the wormhole, they were saying that they started detecting the data, or the, the, the wormhole, sorry, appeared you got it 50, 50, through, yeah. about 50 years ago, yeah. which is roughly how much time mm-hmm. they spent... In space. uh, Gargantua appeared 48 years ago, Mm -hmm. according to NASA, which Mm -hmm. is enough time for them to plan out Mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that when when they're making those decisions about where to go, they have to think... uh, It's like the movie starts from a very logical perspective. They're talking about resources Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, fuel, food. Mm -hmm. And then they're talking about, okay, well, also time for people back on Earth because there's two plans here. There's the plan A, which is to... Find a new home for everybody to, to colonize get and everyone get to space station, and solve the right? theory of gravity and um, so that you can get everyone yeah. off of the planet. If only Michael Caine's formula didn't seem so strange. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then Plan B is well, all right, we might not be able to bring people from Earth right. to another planet. Well, I got a case full of babies. We got right? all these babies. <laughs> you can just bring them to a planet and just plant them in the ground. Yep. We we'll get some new babies, yep. new species, right? Right. Poison ivy style to stick some exactly. plant yeah. babies in the ground. Exactly. Um, the and of course, Cooper, who's got kids back on Earth, is just like, I vote for Plan A. <laughs> let's do it plan a let's let's mm-hmm. just work with that plan b th- nobody likes plan b that's no. why it's plan b right yeah. i want to comment on um, how ironic plan b is forming a baby <laughs> yeah <laughs> i want to comment on um the concept of colonization in this movie sure. and um the implications of having this one small um institution mm-hmm. well now small because um the movie makes it clear that nasa has been significantly Funding sized got, down got um, but what are the implications of having in the eyes of eyes of these characters mm-hmm. the um the future of the human race being decided and by colonies. these this very 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 small group of people mm-hmm. effectively mm-hmm. and what does that mean because when when um Amelia is explaining to Coop plan B and she's showing him the 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 embryos that they're gonna bring and incubate and um raise through surrogacy um mm-hmm. What does that mean? Like when, when she's so talking about genetic diversity, what does she mean? What are the implications of like someone well, like that yes, saying yeah, something true, like genetic? Like mm-hmm. so many of these things we, are we subjective in terms yeah. of how you might view genetic diversity sure. and like yeah, because as we know, know, science is. Not, I mean, the 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 thing that is great about science is that it's supposed to be purely objective. Unfortunately, yeah, science human elements. Science has got some bias, and that exactly. that you see that happen again and again when it comes to medical developments and any kind of mm-hmm. scientific development tends mm-hmm. not to always be intersectional. Yeah, um, good luck with Elon Musk, Mars calling him. <laughs> um, so okay, so in in the face of extinction up on Earth, we have just screwed the pooch far too long. Climate changes are coming. Can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, push come to shove. I would prefer if the smartest minds of Earth simply said, well, would you want to get on the ship and go to a place where there is food and, ox- and oxygen? Mm-hmm. But and, who are and, the and, smartest and, and, people? And we will bring our human bullshit with us. And, 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 I'm, and I'm we'll getting philosophical get here, but again, who are the smartest people? What does it mean to be the smartest person? Point. That They're again is subjective. If, if, the, if the PTA at this school is just like, Durr, the moon land, and NASA is now like, we're Sure, the that's people. one form. They are presented as just the smartest My, my argument yeah. is this. Yes. What we think is objective is right. not always objective. Yeah, because Michael Caine's a fucking liar. He exactly. Says, he says, hey, man, my sweet baby Michael Caine, he doesn't exactly. 
wrong? What are you talking hey, about? Hey, he, exactly. he burnt the letter for Bruce Wayne. He's a goddamn liar. That was to mm. protect. And what does it mean if we say that, okay, child. the smartest people can make these decisions. What about their other characteristics? Because as we can see, they're likely to deceive. Yeah. Professor Brand deceived. Dr. Man deceived. You Do you know? think Christopher Nolan is just lying to his kids left, right, and center? Probably. Because <laughs> this man this man goes hard with the noble lie. Yes. In uh, a lot of his yes. Like yeah. if in, in Memento, he does it. In The Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, he does it. Mm. And in this, he does it. It's I just assume like there are so many things that NASA does not outright publicly tell us yeah. just to keep the vibes solid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, of so, course. So of course. Christopher Nolan loves to maintain the vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can we add? I mean that 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 leads me to question like the I don't know if I want to say the characterization of Professor Brand. Go a little bit closer for me. Could easily see him as evil. Yeah. But he's not really. No, he's not really evil. It's much more complicated than that. Difficult position. I'll give him that. Definitely. He's doing what he feels is the best decision. Um, uh, Matt Damon already said he's just like humans would not work together in a productive way. He's right. If they realize that like oh some of y'all are going to die. He lies to his own daughter. It just wouldn't happen. He just know people would not move forward with the work. And if he, if he outright told them, yes. you people staying here are going to die, they would not do it. So yeah. he he and on does Tuesday, a noble lie, as you said. Like yeah. I, 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 I cannot solve this equation. This seems like the last legs of Earth ever. Mm-hmm. I might as well tell it, people to just get these babies off. It them. makes me want to say something like, as humans, we have to figure out the balance between our emotiveness and indifference. It's yes. like, yeah. hu- hu- like this is, I think, his demonstration or he demonstrates what it would be if human nature were indifferent mm, yes. like sacrifice yeah yeah and C- i was C- talking to a friend equations, about yeah. this it, i was talking to a friend about this on tuesday because um you know he was talking about we were talking about colonization within the context of the movie and the implications of space colonization when when choosing up when choosing a population mm-hmm. i'm doing air quotes right now mm-hmm. um and one of the things that I pointed out was the fact that I don't think the movie is trying to give any moral credence to what they're doing in the context of space colonization. The movie makes it clear, though, that these characters feel this is what they need, need to, to do. Yeah. And all of their motivations are stemming from that, not necessarily from any sort of feeling of moral superiority or moral goodness mm-hmm. at all. You know, And Professor Brand, I think, acknowledges that when he finally says to Murph and admits to her what his original plan Fun was he yeah. makes it clear like he feels a lot of I guilt about it because about yeah, there's man, no attachment of like oh my god this is like a objectively good I thing that i've do done there's it. a but lot it's, of it's funny and, because you know, there's there's the there's a scene where she's like catching on and he's just like i am tired yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like can we not that's so funny <laughs> he's just like mm, tomorrow she's please. looking at the board and she's like What's you've been trying to solve the theory of gravity with both hands tied behind yeah. your back and he's like mm, i'm an old oh, man i'm gonna do a skype call later <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was like, i'm gonna yeah. talk to so my daughter funny. who's probably dead it's goodbye so <laughs> I, I found it so interesting the way michael k uh, what's his actual name in this thing uh, professor, professor brand. brand right michael kane so <laughs> um, i i find it so well, michael interesting. wheelchair i one. find a way that he he lied like <laughs> jesus christ he, bam. I, I feel like a reflection of like the guilt that he's feeling comes across in the way that he lies to them because he's not really outright lying because even like he says this like twice or three times in the movie he comes on a thing and he says i promise you that when you get back 
the equation will be solved. solved yes. And that is such a double layer thing because A, it's he solved already. Solved already. Solved it. <laughs> and B, I really don't think he expected them to make it back. So no. he's, mm-hmm. not li- he's not lying. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. way he does it, he kind of just is very avoidant and he just like m- manipulates the situation in such a way where he's, yeah. he's technically telling the truth, but you just don't know the whole truth. Yeah. So he's always just lying by omission or like, I'm tired. Yeah. So let me just like <laughs> omit this whole thing. So Which is why, like <laughs> when, I, when I wrote about the whole thing, what are humans prone to do? And I wrote down the theme I originally wrote down lie, yeah. Yeah. but then I wrote, I crossed it out and I put deceit yeah, for that very reason, because a lot of what we see as a, no. So let me explain. <laughs> so deceit to me Hit him with en- facts, encompasses <laughs> more than just like direct lying. Yes. It's the yeah. whole orchestration yes. of the deceit. Yes. So okay. that's why I, that's why I crossed out lie and put deceit. So let me explain. So for example, with man, it was more than just lying. There's a whole fair. So there's fair. a whole perception that he created around. So his before world. before we get to Mr. Man, I want to. Yes. Uh, so this this whole adventure that are going on. First of all, they get down to this planet because uh, they have a signal uh, from Miller Miller's uh, planet. Yeah, Doctor yeah. Miller, who's one, one of. So mm-hmm. they had a few explorers initially go out like mm-hmm. ten years ago, and mm-hmm. they they were able to get to these planets, and they sent out. So one way mission, just uh, yeah. Yeah, one is Doctor Miller, who doesn't really have any characterization other than this is one of them named Doctor Miller. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then there's Doctor Edmund, who is uh, Anne Hathaway's love, love interest, interest. Mm-hmm. and then yeah. there's Doctor Man, who they like they talk about this guy like he's goddamn Jesus. Yeah, yeah, because he's the one who inspired the mission. Exactly, he is that stereotypical action hero that comes in and gives a big speech and mm-hmm, gets everybody mm-hmm, you know, to mm-hmm. he, he he's got a mean messiah complex one could yeah say. he yes. probably gave that um we are canceling the apocalypse yeah, speech yeah, right yeah. before he left off right so he gets to dr miller's planet and it's just tidal wave after tidal yeah. wave it's yeah. just not a good the implication is that he sent out the signal of good news mm. and then immediately got s- slammed yeah yeah dr miller is a woman dr. Mil- okay, yeah. 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 and then uh, but and then we just got the like information yeah, 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 cause, 30 cause years later because w- when they do an, recover an on this planet because they get to the planet it's just like it's a it's a wreckage yeah. right mm-hmm. and and when they recover it they're just like yeah she probably died like a few minutes ago okay. <laughs> yeah her corpse so is probably just drifting out right. there. two, two things with that big waterfall yeah. two, two <laughs> things with miller's planet the first thing is that again it goes back to the theme of time and something that professor brand said where he's like i'm an old physicist i'm not afraid of death yeah i'm, I'm afraid, afraid of time, time. Mm-hmm. And um, they show it with Miller's Planet, of course, the seven seven years to an hour, hour. Yes. and an Earth hour planet. Right. Um, you um, know. To- to- Toby, can, can we single out Hans Zimmer going fucking crazy for this one? Too? Oh, yes. Oh, I wanted to talk about that because, yeah, yes. yeah, because so he emphasizes the critical nature of time on this planet right. with yeah. doing the, the ticking clock ticking in clock. the theme. Yeah. Uh, Makani and Gru land and he says, come on, folks, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. An and hour, then immediately an, uh, an the ticking. Is, 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 is a year up here, right? Mm-hmm. Seven, 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 and always seven, seven years. years. Yeah. And as he says that, yeah, the yeah, ticking no, starts. Yeah, and the every pop is a day on Earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going, so going, going, my, going, my, And then going. the next thing is that throughout the mission, it's obvious that Cooper is the only one with Concerned the hands-on, the hands-on practical mission experience. He's also the one watching the clock the most. The most yeah. Exactly. Because Anne Hathaway and is just like, oh, let me it. just do this. Let that's me just get this. That's part of it. Like understanding, like time is this very definitive thing that Rumbly we Rumbly need Rumbly to consider the, the you know and him being the one that notices the wave yeah. because he's in no, there because he sees a wave, wave and he's just like oh it's going that way and then he's like there wait a second one that's something's behind us yeah. <laughs> guys let me guys. tell you something and seeing that in work. theaters yeah 
I was inconsolable. Yeah. It was yeah. the most terrifying it thing. Was, it was pretty bad. It yeah. was just what, this thing Miller's Planet. Planet. Yeah, yeah, seeing all of the water, yeah. the, the, the tidal wave, wave come When yeah. you turn around and you see the massive wave that's coming towards them. And I can't describe the terror I was watching oh, um, panicked, this Neil deGrasse Tyson talk about it and you know how the science is very accurate for yes. this. Yes. But like, so he was saying, I was that was my favorite planet, just like visually, sure. Miller's mm. Planet. So he was saying My least favorite to live. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, really, I was like, so is it really possible to have these huge fucking waves? I mean, sorry, can I curse? Lauren, yes. what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, sorry, I'm like trying to be a good person, but so. Um, Too late for that. <laughs> well, because she, she initially she sees the tidal wave and she's like, let's go over to yeah. that mountain. He's just so like, that's not a mountain. mountain. <laughs> but he was like, he was basically going through all the planets and he was just like, in reality, like on a planet like that, the waves with people are like ripples. Mm -hmm. But like, I love also how they stick to the sands, but they sort of, for the filmmaking process, they like create the drama by just like mm -hmm. tweaking it just a little mm -hmm. bit so it's like it's still sci-fi but that's, it's like that's so hard sci-fi baby yeah I, I mean but it's just ah oh, it's gorgeous mm -hmm. yeah. so when i saw this in theaters for the first time and like i was just like oh very interesting like what a and then this is like this huge sea and i'm like well why are they landing in the sea and then you know the sea is only like yeah, yeah. hi and he's sitting it and i'm like oh interesting and then my immediate thought was Anyway, let's fuck off. I'm not living in knee-high water yeah. for the rest of my life. This, this so ain't it, guys. Yeah, let's yeah. go to the next bar. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> turn the ship around. Yeah. yeah. I also like how time as as a recurring theme and as it relates to just like you know normal time that we face as humans, mm -hmm. time as just like a as a great fair. It's also the the solution at the end because mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah. So I, I really just time and space baby. Oh, it all ties yeah, together as a four D sort of well. Uh, so when when shit goes time wrong, is the answer. It, it, it's also the answer. It's a problem, but it's the answer mm -hmm. also. Mm -hmm. When um when shit goes wrong on that planet and they eventually get back to the ship and you know Doctor Brand is like I'm so sorry I did it. I shouldn't have gone for the thing yeah because Doyle uh, gets sacrificed so yeah so when they get back to dumbass Doyle why did he <laughs> panic he was right there in the door I scratched my head every single time because they don't have the wave? because they don't have practical mission experience and also like in that situation you think you're gonna be like level headed yeah like like, yeah. Look at, like are you serious? they you're can't like, be level headed yeah, because the they the door, don't I'm have practical sorry, mission sorry. experience. Yes. Survival instinct would cook in and jump in. Band. They do not have <laughs> practical mission experience. <laughs> They're not so, gonna do any but of those. Well, when they get back to the ship mm -hmm. and and you see um, Romilly and it's just been twenty three years and he's just been he just sells that. Yes, like boy, it's been twenty three. Like you know, at some point I thought you guys weren't. There's a hauntedness yeah. to him. He, yeah, he has yeah. an understated mm -hmm. performance because when you first see him, like nobody he, to pat his belly or stomp mm -hmm. or or back. He's so he first ship all day, guys. he first gets there and he's he's not really inundated in how to be in space and he gets nauseous and everything. Mm -hmm. And then when you see him again later on, like he's a different person. Like yes. that character goes through a metamorphosis. Yes, um, like he he's more reserved. He's shaky. He's a little bit withdrawn and, and weathered mm -hmm. and he has like a graying beard and Anathoe is like why didn't you go into cryo sleep why didn't you like wait you know and he says that he did yeah and he's like I <laughs> you know it didn't feel right to just be there like in sleep you know just sleeping my life away because I was thinking hey this is the rest of my life I'm going to live and mm -hmm. I think that is a is a little microcosm of just that idea of people deciding that they're just going to live 
and yes. going to live despite the circumstances. Female survival. Yeah, mm-hmm. like he's deciding, even though he's on this ship by himself and this is his reality from now on, mm-hmm. he's like, well, I'm going to live in this. This is going to be what I'm going to do with my life. I'm not just going to And sleep. the dedication to the science too because he's still observing Gargantua from yeah. the ship and still yeah, he's doing all sorts of research. formulating data around it. And then there's, so they, they have the um, other decision which is to either go to Dr. Mann's uh, or planet Edmund's. or they can go to Edmund's and planet. And then they have one of the most important conversations of the movie around love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Ed, Anne Hathaway, because she loves uh, Dr. Edmund, she is drawn to that planet and she's like, I am putting forward that love is a quantifiable thing and yeah. that it, it is not irrelevant. It's not a fleeting thing that this is something that we need to take into consideration the same way we're taking into consideration gravity and fuel and food and time. Mm-hmm. We need to think about love because there is a reason I am drawn to seeing this man. Mm-hmm. It is not because Moa somebody. Really, <laughs> I think <laughs> that this is drawing me to this place. And Manha- M- Matthew McConaughey is like, you just want somebody. We're going to see Dr. Man's planet. <laughs> this is the most no, controversial. This ended up being the most controversial scene of the movie. Because yeah. I think... Um, this whole idea is the, the most The whole idea of, thing. of love. And because the movie spends so much time giving you just yep. hard factual yeah. grounded. To them the most fanciful thing in the movie is the suggestion that aliens are transmitting a message. Yes. And yeah. even then, mm-hmm. it's treated on a very hard sci-fi yeah, level of, of here is the logic, here is the science of how you get to space. And then it turns out that. that they're saying that it was humans. Yeah. It was us. And, 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 right. and yeah, but then when they introduce that this love bond thing. Yeah, love was like a quantifiable element. <laughs> and, and so this was this very strange moment in time during Anne Hathaway's kind of miracle run as well of... Yeah. Um, uh, this and Le Mis should just one for Le Mis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. For some reason, um, the internet took up this. It was is this Le Mis and she hosted the Academy Awards with James Franco. Yeah. And for some reason, the internet got on this like, should we hate Anne Hathaway or something? Yeah. Because I think she was she was like she, she like got her awards and she was doing like a lot of things. She was also Catwoman. She was people, a Catwoman. Yeah, yeah. And so she had gotten in this like super positive theater kid vibe to her. And for some reason, the internet turned on her. Yeah. So when she's talking so when, so about love, so when she's love, now delivering the most controversial like take of this movie, yeah. which is like love is a quantifiable element that can be observed, observed through time and sp- through time and space, I think people are like, mm, I, 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 I think a that's a hard line to sell. It is a hard concept to it's sell. It's a hard concept to sell. Yeah. Um, she's also unfortunately juxtapo- juxtaposed with like McConaughey on a on a unfathomable charm level yeah. of going like mm, I don't know chief in the context of the scene yeah. and then further from that wait what are you saying happened I, 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 this is this is the problem I think most people had a, scene, had a problem with this scene of her explanation of yeah. love and as I, in her, her, her delivery of it this this is the one thing oh. people kind of came away sour I sour loved her from. delivery it's, it's a love of delivery mm-hmm. and, but I think the, the, the hardest thing about the scene in the first place is that like She's trying to explain it as this thing like like observable observable through time and space, just like gravity. Um, the the key element I think that separate from people's perception of Anne Hathaway, people's perception of the writing, people's perception of this as a scientific quotable element is love is something to be experienced and not explained. Right. Mm, yeah. But do so you to you know try to quantify it in the middle of the scene yeah. and all this. But uh, you also but the, the hardest task. But that becomes critical later on. 
the thing is though that like she's comparing love and gravity and just like in physics gravity is one of the most unknown um constructs that exists like even just explain it with the tesseract and like with 4d which mm-hmm. is sort of like you know between gravity and time it's one of those things we can't explain which is why we live in the 3d so her comparing love and gravity is very apt i believe because they're both very sort of mysterious forces that we can feel but we don't know that much yeah. about because she's she's trying <laughs> to sell love as this this um metaphysical concept where people don't even believe in love on an emotional level yeah, in a yeah, lot yeah. of ways like if yeah. you're not if you haven't experienced it and, and flat earthers even you if you <laughs> even <laughs> if you have experienced love you have your heart broken so that yeah. there's this idea that okay well if love is so like this this thing that is a, a, a tenant of the universe mm-hmm. why is it that she left me dog <laughs> like but there's mm-hmm. and i feel like there's a lot of that broader than romantic yeah. love as well yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah. And, and so so she's talking about it as this this almost like gravity this force this thing that is attracting and he um cooper takes the love more logical better approach. than what i think it means which is motivation yeah i think that's what it is what's what's driving them to do this but what is, they're saying is, is that is love is, is a love. motivation so yeah. so that's what she says and, and and she is saying that this this love this feeling that i have for this man um, it does not preclude my judgment and he's like I think it does mm. and so that's the kind of thing that gets uh, tested in the movie so when they get to Dr. Man's planet which I love in space movies there's always this maybe not always but a lot of the time there's this thing of rebirth so when they get to Dr. Um, Man and he's in the cryo sleep he's been there forever like they they on you know, unlock the thing they, they, his backpack. Yeah, they they zip open his thing and, and like he's spitting out water and he just starts bawling immediately mm-hmm. and, and like it's just like like a newborn Apartment. baby exactly and I, I think of um and cooper likens it to lazarus mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah. Um, brought back from the dead well no it's, it's dr man he's just like you literally have brought me back from, from the dead the because yeah. he was and like cooper says lazarus oh okay yeah um, and and so Doctor Man is like, I went to cry asleep and I did not set a, a wake up yeah. time. Yeah. I was like, this was a last sleep, mm-hmm. um, which might have just been a lie. Um, I uh, think so. But <laughs> in in gravity, you guys don't trust Matt Damon. I think he's pretty solid. I don't think he's in, anybody in this film. Right? In gravity, there's yeah, there's all right? of the imagery in in gravity where um, Sandra Bullock is in basically like an embryo uh, and then she when, she when she enters back the ship she goes into the fetal mm. position yeah 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 and, and when she and when she gets back on earth and she's crawling out of the water and it's like there's first steps first yeah. steps and this thing of like evolution coming back mm-hmm. into and she's learning to accept life again like I love when and they the do that in space and the rebirth of humanity like yeah, in yeah, yeah. this new place yeah mm-hmm. you think Quentin Tarantino loves that final shot of gravity with, her <laughs> foot, with the feet the foot just <laughs> that's his mud for the first time <laughs> that's his best picture of that year um but yeah so when when they get to that planet and it's just there he's just spinning a yarn matt damon is just like hey guys mm-hmm. we could plant things there mm-hmm. might be other beings here we could study selling like, me a car which oh. he, he is selling them a timeshare <laughs> he's just like hey if yeah. you if you pay this amount you could mm-hmm. stay here for a certain amount every time of the year mm-hmm. uh and then it turns out that he's not he's not so truthful he's not he's not a good Most dude amazing. he's a he's a bad guy and of course he's at the same guy. time as they're discovering he's a bad guy <laughs> at the same time as they're discovering um as they're on um, man's planet about to discover his deceit, um, Amelia gets the message from Earth Yes, with um, Murph accusing her. Of, of informing lying. Informing her that yeah. Professor Brown has died and accusing her of knowing it about It is such a plan. funny message because it's just like, hey, um, your dad died. Sorry. <laughs> 
By the hey, way, I don't, know if, like a, I don't know if this is like a crucial point know? in the plot or anything, but um, nah, did you know about did this? You know? Like, you snake, did you know? Yeah. Did you send my dad out there? Like, like all right, I'm sorry, um, your dad died, but like, t- talk the truth now. All right, you caught some real tea, baby. And she was like, "Did you leave us here to, to die? die? Yeah, to suffocate? Like, did my father know? Yeah, because yeah. that's so. Oh God. Yeah, because she's she is she is debating to herself because she doesn't know anything about what's going on with them. He's yeah. just like, did did dad know? Was he just lying to me the entire time? Because she does trust Doctor Brand. Like when when she becomes a part of NASA and she's learning and she's doing research with him there is a definite relationship between them you know they're they're um having meals together they're sharing jokes together she's pushing the wheelchair much Mm -hmm. like a daughter does for their elderly Mm -hmm. uh grandfather um and you get the sense that she pulled away from her own family when her grandfather died um she showed up for the funeral but outside of that she wasn't really around there and every time she's in that house she's busy hooking up with tofu grace bro (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Every time she's in the back in the house, she's itching to get back to the facility. Yeah. So that's kind of like lot become of, her lot, second lots home. Lots of bad memories in that house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of the messages from Earth, we did skip over a crucial scene. I want to save that for last. Um, that is my favorite scene of the film. Okay, we can we can go back to it, okay. where um they're reading the messages of over the past twenty three years they when they get back from Milo's planet. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, um, but yeah, so so when when uh Matt Damon and um. Dr. Cooper are or not Dr. Cooper. When when <laughs> Dr. Cooper. when Man and Cooper are there yeah. and Cooper's just like let's let's wrap this shit up so I can go back home because yeah. he's heard that plan B is the plan, right? Yeah. He's just like, "Okay, plan B is the plan. Cool. Send me back home. Oh, yeah. Y'all set up your plan B shit. Glad to help. It was a fun time. We saw some planets. I'm going back home." Mm-hmm. And Dr. Man is like, "Nope." Well, here's that. the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> uh, takes out his his calm thing, oh, yeah. pushes him off a cliff, yeah. and the thing becomes that becomes the greatest dick on this planet, dog. <laughs> like, and and it's the thing that you're talking about, Toby, about uh, and and Bam, you mentioned it as well. But a lot of this movie is hinging on people's motivation. So why does Coop what leave his family behind? What are humans prone to do? Mm-hmm. What what is what is the the survival and selfishness? Right. There's a lot mm. of discussion Deceit. about. What are what is the motivation behind humanity? Is it like an individual benefit? Is it a species benefit? And Matt Damon's character says basically it's both, and that your selfish motivations will lead you to the benefit of the species. Mm-hmm. So he, when he gets on the planet, he's like immediately he's just like, oh, this planet won't work. That's not good for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hmm. So. Remember, it's A, he essentially manned the Lazarus mission. He convinced all the people to go in the first place. Yeah. And he has that critical line where he says, I did not for a second think I would not be the person to find the right planet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when when, when when the grand indifference of space yeah. <laughs> tells him to fuck right off, yeah. he his messiah complex is now crushed. Yeah, he's yeah. just like, oh. He turns to complete... Fa- it, 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 it's, it's, when a, it's when a leader is like... um. It's when a bad leader is, is like uh, attacks for the first time, yeah. and all that facade just breaks. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's just like, oh, I'm I'm supposed to be the person because there's a whole and he thing. He just immediately starts lying because mm-hmm. he's just like, it's me. I'm I'm the main character of this film. Mm-hmm. You have to come back for me. Yeah, and because so, so he makes up all these lies so that to make sure people come back fakes to, to to pick him up. Fakes the data. F- fakes all the data like a bad scientist. Is nothing worse than faking data. Um, Question. Mm. Did he design Kip to self-destruct upon anybody looking on the data? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And and he RP Kip, we know you well. All he's doing is is making these big speeches to Matthew McConaughey's uh, Ma- Matthew McConaughey's character as Matthew McConaughey is dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he like literally cracks open his thing and he's just like, "Hey, uh, I, th- I think you'll be thinking about your children as you die. Are you thinking of your children? Yeah. Like, do you hear the sweet dulcet tones of my voice yeah. as you die on this can, can barren I rock? Can I say that that though led up to one of my favorite deaths ever? Oh, the docking scene okay, is so one yeah. of the most incredible yeah. things. Yeah. So Cooper manages Juicy. to get the Juicy communication death. back mm. in his his thing. He gets um Anne Hathaway to come pick him up, and then they're going off into the the um endurance, endurance right? Yeah. And Matthew McConaughey got a head start on them, but like the ship can't dock. And they do a great thing where earlier on they show you the difficulty of docking yeah. when they first dock, and it's like you get uh, a very context difficult for to it. control a spaceship mm-hmm. as one person, right? Mm-hmm. And fucking Tars comes and through and that was when they knocks had off the autopilot, autopilot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, he knocks off the autopilot so Matt Damon can't do it like he is trying to do it manually right. and because he has that messiah complex right. he's trying to line up this thing by hand yes. and the computer is telling like, him no no Dr. Brand I am commandeering this ship yeah like and Amelia <laughs> is trying to say to him Both Amelia and Co- Cooper who he just yes, tried to kill Is just like hey guy Bro I do don't it. think he should do that actually And yeah. then beautifully he goes on this big speech Well there comes a time As no, a no, man no, 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 no. Like Dr. Brent, There comes a moment Boom <laughs> Yeah Kimmy yeah. could you describe the docking sequence for us Describe the docking yes. sequence you, What do you mean describe the docking what, what, sequence what, what do my good friends Cooper and Brandt do upon oh so that's the thing yeah after yes. he after he um after Cooper decides Dr. that he's Man, going to dock yeah. <laughs> so after D- dr oh, man blows up the ship mm-hmm. and then the mm-hmm. endurance is sent spiraling towards the planet yes. oh, with no heat resistance and yes. they, 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 this is what i love about christopher nolan just right spinning top he will have these sequences where he will just like and then this and then that and like, all of yeah. these things Everything compound upon each other yeah. like not only is the thing falling down but it's spinning mm-hmm. and then you gotta go underneath it and line up with it yep. and it's just great and then th- so Cooper being the Tar- amazing Tar's pilot engaged thrusters yes one of the best lines yeah. of this film but I got w- fucking rock hard when he said that it's, it's just like <laughs> <laughs> this man shows that he is just one of the greatest pilots ever, ever to yeah. fly a craft yeah, yeah. <laughs> because like and that's the thing in early in the movie when he does when he has the, the flashback of the crash yeah. and it's because the AI that he was with wasn't cooperating with him. with him and there's a part where when he's flying the ship uh, I think it's Tars or Case. He's like, do you want me to disengage the feedback? Mm-hmm. And he's just no, like, no, no, no. I need to hear the home. I need yeah. to hear the. F- I need to feel the wind. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's fucking. Dude, that's mm-hmm. some Top Gun shit, mm-hmm. bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and Yo, Cooper Maverick should be. Tars, by the way, said <laughs> such such a hilarious thing because he was like. I clearly have less trust than you. Like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't what, trust. What's your trust set in Tars? Yeah, yeah. Because yes. like. uh, he, 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 Tars is the one that turns off the autopilot. He's just like, yeah. eh, I don't trust this dude. He's yeah. been out here for too long. Yeah. No, he got some right. space madness. I've seen yeah. Armageddon. This nigga's eyes is shifty, Coop. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, there's a moment where man is doing the whole speech after he um, disconnects Coop and yeah. re- um, cracks his, um, his helmet. Yeah. And he's like, you know, they say that when you're about to die, you see your children. children yeah. Are you seeing your children? <laughs> yeah, Cooper? yeah. And Cooper is seeing Merv. That's yeah. the Yeah, he does a flashback thing. about he Merv. He has the flashback right before Murph, he leaves not Murph. where he's giving <laughs> Murph the watch and she throws it. Yeah, but you know who's not in that flashback? Me. His goddamn Tom. son. Tom. Yeah. Tom. Sorry, Timothy. <laughs> yeah. 
But so when they do eventually dock, um, it's it's brand. No, let's break this down for five minutes, guys. The man, <laughs> Doctor Man, a fucking asshole, right? He's 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 not listening to a fucking thing they say. Complete Steve Buscemi space madness from Armageddon. Yes, right. He is just like trying to like latch the thing. The thing is like latching. The fucking computer in the ship he's in is just like yep. chief. I don't know about this, you know. Like it is everything is screaming at him, and he's just gone, yep. fully deaf, just like. I'm getting back home. What? Like, da 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 da. And it pops. And then, so Coop and them, of course, they like, just Hans Zimmer is fucking going mad in this scene. The I had a friend. Are blaring. The only reason he came to the cinema was because he was there for the boys. Yeah. Like, he wanted to hear the Hans Zimmer go out. Yeah. The harps oh, the yeah. yeah. And, yeah, so, like, again, Coop is just one of the most phenomenal pilots. Tar's got his back. Wingman extraordinaire. Parking of the film, one could mm-hmm. say. And yeah, they they it's it, it's almost played. So the the action, actual action of docking again is in the vacuum of space, so mm. it's silent. Mm-hmm. So Hans Zimmer is is really forming an emotional core. But like, even though it, even though it literally is like two miniatures lining up and spinning in tandem, yeah. If you think of it like completely practically, like that is a little spaceship throwing its back thrusters. Mind you, back thrusters bear, to bear spin in as mind, as a bear in mind, they had a live true to scale yes. uh, mock-up of yeah. the endurance yeah. so keep that in mind yeah. like Just, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's it's literally two legos like clipping into each other yeah. and mm-hmm. it's one of the most phenomenal looking mm-hmm. scenes mm-hmm. like oh it's and, and, and it's like there's there's a great i think somebody said it before but there's a, a great action hero line that coop has um th- there was one line before this line is uh, when when I think it's Tars that says Coop, it's impossible, and he's no, like, no, it's, it's necessary. necessary. Yeah, like, you go, boy. Yeah. Show yeah, them, yeah. show them who the greatest <laughs> pilots in the universe that's, is. That's one from a six to twelve, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they do it, yeah. uh, and then it's it's like, all right, well, now we gotta go into a black hole. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So my next trick. And it's and it's it's great how like Tars is supposed uh, to b- bef- before they got to man's planet. Um, uh, Dr. Brand is essentially says like, well, you know, you burnt a lot of fuel doing that shit. So no, I- I'm, sh- I'm sure you'll make the sensible decision when you have to decide either go home yeah. or, or, mm. or send mm. and, and he does because he does like decision. initially he, he convinces her that, um, you know, Tars is going to go in there, collect mm-hmm. the data from the, the thing and send it back to earth for their, this is their last ditch effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's Coop, Coop detaches at the last minute 90% honesty and then he goes into sacrifice now you talked about the wave scene in the theater mm-hmm. I cannot describe to you the discomfort I felt when everyone he was is so fucking un- Jesus in, in the black hole Jesus and you Christ. see like the sparks oh, yeah. hitting the oh, ship yeah. and the ship no, no, about no. to like uh, the theater went dead silent just and yes. you felt everybody shivering Absolutely. literally shivering and like they, they, they did have. such a good sh- uh, job at, at es- explaining an excruciating detail just everything about being in space and how horrible it is like mm-hmm. it is cold and when you get close to the black hole gravity is so dense yes. and like you hear coop like screaming yes. as mm-hmm. the ship is breaking apart yeah. then he ejects and i'm just like what Where are you doing going, yeah and you hear the <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh, uh, and then he 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 slips into this this menagerie of light everywhere and i'm just mm-hmm. like where is this movie going i just yeah. want to talk for a second about when they get to the black hole mm-hmm. and of course the visuals around the black hole um because that's one of the things that makes this one of the greatest sci-fi movies ever created um so kip talks about this in the book of course um he mentions the fact that they had an incredible visual team um paul who did the 
visuals for um, Interstellar. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Inception prior to this and, of course, won uh, an Oscar for that. Um, well, Interstellar also won the Academy Award for Best Visual Effects. Yeah, yeah of course. Right, right, of right, course, right, as it would, right, as it right, should. Um, and we're all familiar to with the fact that the visualizations that they did led to the publication of three scientific papers mm -hmm. about yeah. black holes. This was also just uh, the nominees. It was also nominated for Best Score, um, Best Achievement in Sound Mixing, Sound Editing, and Production Design. So all of the, like... The, the detail-oriented yes. awards. Yeah. yeah, incredible work. So Paul was the, Franklin was the, Paul Franklin was the head of um, visuals for this and it was a team of like 30 people um, working on about 100 computers. Yeah. And uh, one of the nice things about this movie was that the two other people involved in the visual effects, Olivier and um, Eugenie, they were both people with scientific backgrounds, mm -hmm. um, physics and engineering respectively. And they worked so hard to create the visuals for this movie and to make it very true to life. And um, it's interesting when they talk about the rendering of the black hole because there were so many things that they didn't necessarily expect. For example, the way that the arc of light went around the entire thing and also the event horizon and created this kind of fingerprint pattern. It's extremely realistic to the point where Kip is like, I didn't anticipate a lot of the visuals that we're seeing, you know, mm -hmm. which is one of the powerful things about technology and really incredible and so of course about five years later they actually yeah found but one i was just about to say exactly like yes yeah like yeah even, that even video up to last it was like last year i believe they got the first like really clear images mm -hmm. of a black hole yes and when they like cross-referenced it with what interstellar did which was what like it was 14 yes it was the freaking it was yes. like Same so accurate and i was so impressed because yeah. i'm yeah. like so we have never really seen this but your team of physicists and and everybody do like working on the concept and the visuals like mm -hmm. you got the science down so guess. much that mm -hmm. now that we have actual imagery of this which took years and years it's, it's like the freaking same which so, is yeah. so there's there's the the hard rooted science which has been proven to be not just the you know it's not just concept art and stuff for this film but yeah. it, it's like a foundation for actual real life science and then immediately the movie from this point goes into very theoretical and i feel like this mm -hmm. also broke some people's connection to it because like the the concept is human beings evolve to be fifth dimensional beings that create this three-dimensional space right. by which human beings can in current time can interact, physically interact with the fourth with dimension of time and also mm -hmm. that what establishes this third dimension for them mm -hmm. is their connection with another person through their love for them yeah. mm -hmm. that is a hard concept for people to get into which is fine yeah. i mean you know a lot of the concept of the movie was this merging of science with what um with a script that nolan said that he already had chris chris already had mm. so i have no doubt that a lot of the emotional concepts of the movie um came from chris's end and yeah it was this attempt to merge the science. But and, and honestly, mm. I am okay with that. And I'm okay with the poeticism of it. And they've made it clear that the science is only grounded entirely in reality up to a point. Yeah. Mm. And through that and afterwards is conjecture still based in foundational science. So, you know, but I, a, think, I think there's mm. a suspension of disbelief that's required because we're talking about exactly. the fact that humans... God knows how many years into the future have found a way to 
become have evolved to fifth dimensional beings yeah. and have been able to create this tesseract it requires some suspension of disbelief I, but and that's where the sci-fi part comes in it is also a lot of wormhole in the first place yeah would stretch out your body in such a way yes, that there's just simply no way of past spaghettification yeah. there's simply no way to so that is that is the two my understanding though is that <coughs> my understanding though is that um spaghettification is more so with a black hole yeah. than with a wormhole, wormhole yeah, yeah. um the wormhole but isn't mm-hmm. those it, so, no they, they travel through gargantua mm-hmm. that is a wormhole i will buy that that is gargantua isn't the wormhole gargantua, gargantua is the black hole oh it creates mm-hmm. the anomaly beside it the, the, the thing they travel through in the first place yeah right yeah, right, okay. right, so, right. so about as a wormhole but isn't mm-hmm. the collapsing star the black hole that they enter at the end yeah yeah so that, that's what he travels through so the wormhole is fine mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying wormhole is different from a black hole yeah, yeah. wormhole is a tele- teleportation device essentially right and black hole is a collapsing star swallowing all light and gravity right? yeah. yeah so it would just murder anybody and it's <laughs> right so the spectification does apply to yeah. the black yeah. hole yeah. Yeah. But, but it's it's, so but it's it's a lot that they throw in at this and the movie has like 20 minutes left and this is a lot to throw at people and it's either you're like people are having a good time but are like you're wrapping this up with some deep <laughs> right some deep, and it's uh, it's and it, that's, a, that's part of it is like it's such it's such a dense movie as we said before and this is like so much that gets thrown at this point and it's like you just gotta go with it but for me what sold it was well here's the thing i'm strapped in so much at exactly this point that right i'm like Whatever you wish to say it to me at this point, please yeah. go ahead. Whatever. And what what so what what sold me on it was, as I was watch because I just love time travel in the loop sense. I love when you go back in time and you do something, but you always did it. You just didn't know it was a part of your history. Yes. And, and this and is the loop. That it, that then that. So for me, I was just like, ah, this is my this is up this up is my how alley, they close right? The loop, yeah. And and so I was just thinking, what a great story that is that the ghost that. Um, Murph was talking about and how he says he's not he can't be her ghost uh, but he was her ghost the entire time and I just that that appealed to me was that I just loved seeing how this story between the father and the daughter played out and um, when he when he goes back to earth um, and uh, I love like he th- these lines where he's just peppered in like um, oh they found him with only minutes left in his oxygen um, and he wakes up in this hospital bed and he's just seeing like people playing baseball and like mm-hmm. it, they're, they're going up onto the roof and breaking building uh, um, windows. That visual was interesting because given that Franklin also did the visuals for Inception and they have a similar um, visual um, in the dreamscape where yeah. things are kind of coming up and defying gravity and going overhead and you know yeah. existing in, in a way that they wouldn't exist in reality. And then like the moment where he uh, gets to see his daughter Mm. Um, which they they cleverly it, in the beginning of the movie they they have all these um like documentary things interviews yes, yeah and uh, it's, it's it's people talking about back in the day mm-hmm. and you're thinking initially watching it oh this is just background for what happened in this world mm-hmm. and these are just old people that have lived through the mm-hmm. apocalypse and now actual dust ball. but then later on it's revealed like oh the woman who was being interviewed was actually Cooper's Murph, daughter Murph, yeah. and and you're seeing wow she she old yeah and and like he gets to see like his grandchildren and his great grandchildren and it's like mm-hmm. this great moment where i mean they leave immediately because they're just like oh we don't they know this no man. Mm-hmm. yeah so um, I, I, I want to get i do love that i do love that 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 see the idea of that where like you you are now 150 years old and you're seeing your ancestors and they just mm-hmm. have no idea what yeah, you yeah. are to them uh but i don't want to get sexual for a bit um the wormhole itself mm-hmm. if you look upon it mm-hmm. yeah 
Is a sphere? It's a sphere. Mm -hmm. Does it not? Let, let, let's think of the filmmaker for a minute. Mm. They look like a lens. It looks like a lens of a camera. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when Coop travels through it and he is at the end of his journey wanting to finalize what is the message of the, the journey and adventure, he goes, he is in the Tesseract and it is to me presented as an editing room with films of strip. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. You can look mm -hmm. upon any moment in the yeah. film yeah. and he can personally decide which is the most important, which one to tamper with. It's yeah. such a beautiful visual and like even at the edges, um, like above him as well, you can see like the Tesseract. As the Tesseract starts to close, you can see the geometry start to like mm -hmm. collapse in on itself. What is fucking incredible is that is a real set they built. Yeah. Like I go into like... Oh, I know Christopher Nolan is very um, chooser about his CGI. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, clearly this fantastical room is just a very good CGI model. And then no. like, oh no, they built a giant room. So with here's the thing. Suspended here's the thing. Stories. Because Emma, um, Chris's wife, Emma works Thomas. with him a lot on the movies. Yeah, Emma Thomas. Mm -hmm. And she explained this to Kip. She was saying, listen, a lot of the time, we don't know that it's going to be cheaper to do it on the computer. Sometimes yeah. it's cheaper to just build the, the live set. Yeah. And obviously, she and Chris have an appreciation for what a physical set does for the audience Actor, and, and the way that yes. actors are able to interact with it. And I think that definitely Im impacted the acting here with mm -hmm. especially, I mean, Amelia, sorry, Anne Hathaway and um, Matthew McConaughey have to me the best acting in the movie and mm -hmm. i think it's just because of how how Plus much they were Taurus. able to bounce off of this real environment that mm -hmm. that they were able to interact with yeah um uh but like there's as he gets back to earth and he sees i love that moment where he's walking out to the hospital room um he's not back on earth he's on space station okay right well mm -hmm. he's back among the other earthlings mm -hmm. um and he's just backing out and he's just like that's it. That was my goodbye. I have my closure with my daughter. She's lived her entire life, and she, and he sees her being surrounded by her loved ones, and and ultimately that is all that he wanted was her. There's to a have sense a of life. peace there. Th th there is, and then he uh, fucks there, off there to space a, again. There's a, a sentence Ellen Burstein sells that breaks me open, where he's just like, "How did you know I come back?" And she says, "Because my daddy loves me." Yeah. And oh, I that that kills me. She, she says that um, always kills me. That always kills me. And when he's in the test tract and he's like. And and Tars is asking him, "How do you know she's going to come back?" And he's like, "Because like, because I give it to her." I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, me no, because she, she accused Nolan of having a sense of like coolness and lack no, of like emotional availability. Never. And then he makes, makes a that movie, movie like, like this. Hello. Just no. Yeah. There's no way. But yeah, because There's like no the, the the watch has significance because yeah, he gave it to her. Um, and like uh, the line is like, um, but also the theme of time and love yeah. encapsulated. In yes. The watch. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Um, but like the, the, he's like, yeah, my dad, my dad told me he would come back and, and that's mm -hmm. how, that's how he, I that's know. how she knew. Um, I, <laughs> my favorite kind of sci-fi is, or, or, or what I think sci-fi should do and what it accomplishes best is you take a piece of technology that does not necessarily exist and you use it to ask a metaphorical deeply emotional existential question mm -hmm. think eternal search of spotless mind <laughs> um yeah if, if if you could break up if you broke up would you like to erase all memories of a person of, of if your you former could forget life? would you yeah yeah would you mm -hmm. and then into which acts just a painfully interesting question 
what if you froze in time and you had to watch your children grow older than you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a beautiful heartbreaking heartbreaking mm-hmm. question so ask. let's let's get let's get to the the scene which yeah. is just like one of the most heartbreaking scenes of I, all time this is a moment in media yeah. <laughs> that i will carry with me for the rest of my life been memed to death but outside of the meme it is an like incredible me personally scene. i'm pretty sure i've made <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh yeah no um, doubt so of course uh we leave Old, old, old Millie Rock himself, um, his planet. Yeah. And his For the audience, we're going back to the scene after the, wa- the water planet. After they come back um, from Miller's planet. Yeah. So they have th- the ship is waterlogged. Big old waves flashes it. They need a bit of time to unclog it. Twenty three years have passed. Twenty three years have passed. They, they, uh, McConaughey and, and and Brand have an argument in the ship. Like, what's it going to cost us? They get back on the ship. Poor fucking Romilly. <laughs> Those pod bay doors open. Mm-hmm. And Romilly just looks fucking torn. Yeah. He looks <laughs> like you could walk through him, which yeah. is, it's so powerful. He says, it's, it's been 23 years. Um, I got some, I, I, I managed to get some work done, but at a certain point, I just I didn't you think you were coming, coming back. back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she's just like, I, he's like, I, I slept some years, but then, I just had the thought of I'm up here dreaming my life away. What mm. does that mean? Mm. Coop. Coop doesn't. He, Coop can't even acknowledge him because he feels so terrible. He just walks right past him. Mm. Brand like solemnly like tries to comfort Romilly in some way, but Romilly, mm-hmm. how, how do you, how do you even engage yeah. with a person like, after that? Yeah. He, the futility of time really comes out here because right. it's like. Can they even grasp what he's been through? Yeah. Can they even grasp the idea of y- the isolation y- of t- two decades? Yeah, like I, I think in that movie, what also struck me is just the recurring theme of like what it's like to be without like seeing another human being for so long. Yeah, because like when, mm. when man came out and he yeah, was just like, crying. he was like, is this real? Like, is yeah, this yeah, a, yeah, yeah. like just I'm like the value person, of like yeah. human contact? And I was thinking about like just like in. in how it's a commentary on just like humanity when we isolate ourselves and then it, it's just what are humans rea- prone to we do? don't realize that like when it comes back or when you come out of that isolation like how, how visceral again that mm-hmm. experiences of human like connection b- yeah human connection because he did it man did it and then with romilly like you could see like the, the reaction he had to see human beings like a face yeah. like yeah. a familiar face he, yeah he, he, he almost feels like awkward at first like uh, yeah oh, i don't know like, what to yeah. do yeah. and so it's 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 yeah and there's a point where like someone passes him i don't know if it was amelia or coop Coop, coop and he, was Cooper. And he yeah. kind of he kind of like almost flinches a little yeah. bit as he's yeah. moving back yeah. like it's like this unfamiliar feeling mm-hmm. so so after that <laughs> you know they, they've, they've been getting transmissions all this time but Nothing goes out. They, mm. they, they can't send in emissions mm-hmm, back mm-hmm. to Earth to say mm-hmm. what has happened. So um, Coop sits down. The the video calls start coming in. And he says, play from the beginning. Play from the beginning. And you see Timothy Chalamet coming in. I like, got a new girlfriend. I got a new girlfriend. girlfriend. You know, second in his school. class. Yeah, second in class. Everything's going great. Mm-hmm. Got a new wife now. Got he starts bawling immediately. Got yeah. Mm. He's, he's like, mm-hmm. oh, look at me being presented with my grandchildren. You know, all of oh, a sudden. Oh yeah. It, it it again. Going through COVID and seeing all those videos of like grandfathers and grandmothers seeing their kids through 
yeah, yeah. Zoom for the first time and mm. not being able to mm. go see them mm. and just like two years passing and them not being able to leave and see them. The distance and isolation. The distance and isolation of a yeah. sudden. And very smartly, the movie mainly focuses on just Matthew McConaughey's face and just selling decades the futility and decades of, of, time. of seeing your children mm-hmm. grow in front of you. And so in in, f- in five videos, his life goes by and he's yeah. just like, we had a kid, she got sick. Um, I wanted to name them Coop, but then my wife said no. Lois. Lo- yeah, Lois, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, Who was the girl he was dating, dating as yeah. a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so then he, he hears he loses a granddaughter. Yeah. <laughs> and he has another child. And then they bury... They bury John Lithgow, they yeah. bury Grandpa, mm-hmm. and he just, he, you, you see just in his face, like, I know you aren't seeing these. I it know collapses. This is, just, this is just going out into into messages into McConaughey's face no just one, slowly collapses. No he, yeah. like, just, he goes from crying to just, just, like, shaking his head, like, no, 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 Yeah, like, he can't accept it. Yeah. And then there's that final transmission just cuts out and he reaches out. Yes. Like he's trying to grab his son. Yeah. He's just and like, I would uh, give me some more, please. <laughs> I can't, this can't be the last of this correspondence. And oh, this Jesus. Possibly just a scene that just, this is going to stay with me for the rest of my life. I cannot believe this. In comes Jessica Chastain on the TV. And she, she's been holding in all this anger hurt and yeah. hurt and guilt all these years first time in years first time in years like this is the first time i'm making one of these things and i thought i should because it's a pretty significant day today is my birthday you told me mm-hmm. that by the time you came back maybe we'd be the same age yep his face when she says that but it's like it's the anger devastation turns, the anger turns into um like sorrow because mm-hmm. she as she's saying that it'd be great she she says you told me that you'd be coming back before the same age and she goes it'd oh be yeah. really great if you came back right now oh yeah yeah that so was, like, trust me that impactful. that scene the co-balling oh yeah <laughs> i did all of that yesterday <laughs> yeah it's a great scene <laughs> I, I, really I want to love go ahead how trust me Nolan timed um putting uh, McConaughey's portrait back on screen. Yeah, it was a very quick flip from Jessica Chastain to Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for what that did for me was, I was pretty enraptured with the visuals of everything, and in that immediate moment, tears sprung up. Yeah, immediately, within two seconds. This movie that was incredibly, incredibly me. effective. That. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that the indifference, switch. the indifference of technology, the indifference of space, the indifference of the indifference of Earth and the environment that we're in and how we interact with it. It's futile yeah. space t- like the, these things that we can't control time, you know, seeing your daughter get older, seeing your son get older, seeing people die and pass on and you're here. Yep. And you know, say what you will about this movie, but I think that emotional core is what makes it work. Like this, like the, yes. the, the hard sci-fi, the visuals, everything that yeah. is so impressive about it is great. If you um, don't believe this father just wants to get back home to his daughter. Yeah, that's the core of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, just like how they just explain emotions on like a different level. Like even Murph's um, older Murph's uh, 
that that whole exposition where she's very angry and she's so resentful and she's expressing it and then the immediate like transition to the yeah, sadness to the sorrow, and yeah. then you know like anger anger is a secondary emotion it's always covering something that's that's underlying and she's been just like this stoic sort of like i don't care anymore mm. like keeping up this part decades and then, yeah. and then she just explodes all of that and yeah in the same moment you realize what it was just her. I mean, we knew it was her, right? Because she did such a good job portraying the fact that she... And she's so she, stubborn. Yeah, like, <laughs> she's so stubborn that, like, whatever, like, this is over. And then it just, like, it just, like, yeah. immediately. And I feel the like that... switch to her turning off the video. Yeah. And you, you're now from space back to Earth. Yeah, like that. And you just see the back of her head cells everything she's been feeling yeah and yeah, the, the, the editing yeah. between the different timelines in the yeah, movie is really like great she waited for mm-hmm. that just that moment yeah. to just like everything just came and she didn't even have a choice um mm-hmm. quick before we move can i just say that mcconaughey was masterful with that yeah, yeah. Oh, yes performance face. of his oh, lifetime yes. I, yeah i see I, I see she loves me she's mad at me i'm so sorry see all of but even before that like watching this stuff from his son i'm sorry i wasn't here yeah like his son having much happier memories he's going through like oh my god i'm so happy that you have a child you had a girlfriend oh you lost a child oh yeah, grandpa's right. died all like he goes through all of that the journey yeah. um really, really masterful work. i wanna i wanna close out with um because i just I, I i i wrote this thing uh i did a list of like father's m- movies to like father's day movies right mm-hmm. this is what i wrote for interstellar um <laughs> when the world is coming to an end hard choices have to be made for astronaut huh mm-hmm. um when the world is coming to an end, hard choices have to be made. For astronaut Cooper, he'll have to choose to leave behind his children, particularly his daughter Murph. As sad as that is, it doesn't compare to how gut-wrenching the movie gets as Cooper watches his kids grow up while he stays the same age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just a reference to, um, what's that movie? With him, uh, he, <laughs> as he gets older, <laughs> the high school uh, girls no, stay the same age? Uh, Days Unconfused. Days Unconfused, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if you guys have any final thoughts, throw them out. Yeah. C- come on, guys. Final thoughts. It's one of my favorites because it has elements, I think, per- of like horror. I love the ghost story element mm. of things. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's, like, it's like a melding of two of my favorites of sci-fi and of the supernatural. Mm. And mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. love the balance of that. The yeah. horror of I've gone through all this work to like get to our planet and when I find the person and save them they crack over my helmet and I'm supposed to just <laughs> die here desolate on this planet I was sure that dude was gonna just fall through that into that cavern and yeah. that was the last of him yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um Lauren got final thoughts no man, I just love this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Good movie. <laughs> but also, what was Murph had an explanation about why she called it a ghost, not because she was scared of it. What was the reason? It felt like a person. Yeah, it felt like, it felt like okay. yeah, it was a personal yeah. touch. Toby, yeah. final thoughts. Well, you know, you guys know this is my all-time favorite movie. I feel a very deep connection to this movie. I watched it in a theater with nine other people, and it changed my life. And um, I think it's a really special movie in terms of how it blends the emotions with very, very hardcore, like true to life, Mm -hmm. impactful, groundbreaking science. I think it's a tremendous work of art and I think it's a feat of um, human achievement in the past 20 years. There you go. There I am. Put put that on the poster. (laughs) I I, I knew this was going to be a a special one because it's it's Toby's favorite movie and it's my favorite Nolan. Mm. So I was just like, "Mm, we're probably going to have a lot of thoughts on this on this film. Yeah. Also, also just I didn't uh, like 
Harold was talking about, but there's like the commentary on climate change that yes. the entire thing is doing. I think that's really powerful and relevant yes. yeah. because even as you said, like they made so the different. deliberate <laughs> choice to show the, like, the, you know, usually with Cypher, you're showing like, oh, what we can achieve in the future with all the technology, but they're showing the what, we're, what if we continue with this technology and we keep creating, industrializing, manufacturing, this is like the actual reality of the thing. Like yeah. we're not mm. going to have like AI that can like, I don't wipe our asses. We're going to have like, freaking like no food <laughs> because we are the just like destroying the environment so i thought that the commentary on climate change was really relevant and really powerful and just i, I really I, just I, love I, I quite realized what was last night that the future presented reminds me of the future from looper mm -hmm. the joseph gordon levitt mm -hmm. and bruce willis film it's, mm -hmm. it's very specific like desolate just like yeah. we've given up and technology has kind of stopped in in, yeah. in like its tracks yeah mm -hmm. um uh final thoughts uh this is one of the most emotional satisfying movies yeah. I think ever made. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if, 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 if you, if you, um, <sighs> if you're smart enough to meet the science where it, where it is and open up your heart to the emotion of it, it's, it's, it's incredibly it's, rewarding. It's one, it's one of the best films ever made. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Right. Thoughts. Um, there, there, I mean, there's, there's one more thing. There, there's one key factor of this movie that, we, we've all danced around and, and, and it's, it's a very recurring motif that I'm surprised has not been brought up. So um, I'm bringing, bringing in once again, big, big artist Toby. Could you, <laughs> could you, could you send us on home, Toby? Yeah. Um, Do not go gentle into that good night by Dylan Thomas. Do not go gentle into that good night. Old age should burn and rave at close of day. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. The wise men at their end know dark is right because their words had forked no lightning. They do not go gentle into that good night. Good men, the last wave by, crying how bright their frill deeds might have danced in a green bay. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Wild men who caught and sang the sun in flight and learned too late, they grieved it on its way. Do not go gentle into that good night. Grave men near death who see with blinding sight. Blind eyes could blaze like meteors and be gay. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. And you, my father, there on the sad height, curse, bless me now with your fierce tears, I pray. Do not go gentle into that good night. Rage. Rage against the dying of the light.